welcome. Can everybody hear me? Hello? Can everybody? Okay. Uh, I'm the HELD director. Uh, it looks like we have about 8,615 of you newbies today. And for those of you who were a little confused, uh, you are dead and this is HELD. So abandon all hope and uh, yada yada yada. Uh, we're now going to start the orientation process, which will last about... Hey, wait a minute. I shouldn't be here. I was a totally strict and devout Protestant. I thought we went to heaven. Yes, well, I'm afraid you were wrong. I was a practicing Jehovah's Witness. Uh, you, you picked, picked the wrong religion as well. Well, who was right? Who gets into heaven? I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, the Mormons were the correct answer. So now I'd like to quickly introduce your new ruler and master for eternity, Satan. Now you are all part of my domain. There was no real reason for that. Why, hello. It is uh, 5 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11 in this the month of August in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. Uh, we are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, the talker of this, my friends, the Rick Emerson radio program, lovingly assembled in the United States by the world's finest collection of robots. Uh, it is uh, 503-733-2970. You want to join us today? 503 503- uh, 733-2970. 503-733-2970. With your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, two cents, observations about rugula, whatever it is you might have. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the sacro... Uh, the, the, what was I going to say? I was merging two words there, and then no words at all came out. I started to say sanctified, and then I was going to say sacrilegious, and then at the last minute I tried to say sacrilegious, which is that thing that Homer says on The Simpsons when he sees that waffle stuck to the, the kitchen ceiling that he thinks is God. And Marge says, you know, that, that donut, that waffle has been on the ceiling for a month. And he says, I thought it was God. And then he eats it and he goes, mmm, sacrilegious, which may be the best mmm blank thing that Homer's ever said. We're not going to make that a high concept topic. I'm just saying right now. We all know this to be true. I could do a whole thing about what is your favorite Homer mm, blank thing. You all know this to be true. And so forth. That's 503-733-2970. You about to get rich over there? Seriously, I do have like an itchy palm. It's not even touching Richie, have you? No, is there something wrong with him? (laughs) What kind of a question is that? Oh, I guess he does have the rash. Doesn't Timmy Ryan have a rash now, too? Yes. 
There's a rash of rashes going around the pimp spot. What is there something wrong with Richie? Where have you been for like Poor a Richie. year? Richie, he was there making us coffee this morning, and then he got a bunch of it all over his white shirt. Yeah, you know, oh, I, you know, I didn't tell you this. I know we're a little off track here, but that always seems to happen on Thursdays. I never could get the hang of Thursdays. Um, it, but it, I was uh, up at Dave's at the front desk, like a Tuesday, I think it was, Monday maybe. And it was the day that I decided foolishly to wear a white shirt, so you can already see this coming a mile away. Thankfully, it was at the end of the day, uh, but I'm uh, but I'm standing at the front desk talking to Dave Zinn. Can you sweeten my mic ever since then? Thank you. Uh, I'm at the front talking to Dave Zinn, pour myself a huge cup of coffee, standing there at the front, and, I, and I'm getting ready to make some point about, you know, something or other. I go, and another thing, wham, and I spilled the, and I had it in my hand, and I spilled it at just the right angle that it hit, like from, like, the right boob. All the way down the side, all the way down my pants. It was pretty amazing, actually. It was almost like you'd taken a paintbrush and just carefully applied the coffee to the entire right side of my body. That was the day that I took my laundry over to the Asian woman. And she said, oh, you've been very messy. I said, that is true. I'm sorry, there's just no disputing that, ma'am. Anywho, uh, it's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. Uh, it's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at... RickEmerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, Tim at 970.am, or Richie with a T at 970.am. Speaking of Richie Bristol, I've got exciting birthday news today. It's not Richie's birthday. Guess whose birthday it is today? Oh, I think I know this. Do you? Yeah. Sarah, any guess? Um, no, I have no guess. Okay, I'm not even going to do it. with Richie? Uh, sort of. Tangentially. Timmy Ryan? No. Adam? No. Richie's brother? No. One of the hookers he's going to sleep No, with? well, who's to say? Um, it's Scotty J's birthday today. <gasps> oh, that's oh. right. I was told out of my way. Happy yet. birthday, Scotty J. Another day closer Happy to the birthday, grave. Happy birthday, Scotty J. Well done. All right. I bet you missed being here. <laughs> okay, then. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lisa Desjardins coming up later on today uh, from the Hill. Uh, she'll have the political ticker and the so forth and the whatnot. Uh, you know, what's interesting is my wife, because she's been... Working this weird schedule, and she hadn't really been around much. She hadn't seen any of the. She hadn't seen the Barack Obama is celebrity ad. She hadn't seen the Barack Obama is Jesus ad, and then she hadn't seen the Paris Hilton thing. So I had that. She's been working overnight, so I picked her up this morning, like 7:30, and we came home, and and she's like, okay, I'm gonna go to sleep, but before I go to bed, you gotta show me these ads because everybody at work is talking about it. So I sat her down, and I got to see the reaction of the average everyday citizen as she saw all three ads back to back. And you know what? She really nailed something, which is that Paris Hilton comes out better than anybody else. Of all of the people associated with those three ads, really the big winner is Paris Hilton, and I never really thought I would say that. Paris Hilton not only comes off as the most interesting and the funniest, but absurdly enough, I know that it was written for her, but she really comes off looking the most poised and the smartest of all three of those people. So, it's a weird world we're living in, man. You're telling me, I just learned that Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve has just been renamed <laughs> Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve with Ryan Seacrest. Oh, really? Oh, you know what that's all about. That's like that's, that's pushing them out slowly. That's like how first it was the Supremes, then it was Diana Ross and the Supremes. One wheelchair tire at a time. <laughs> uh, all right. You know, one of these days they're just gonna forget. The, they're just gonna forget to get him out of the supply closet. You know what I mean? And he's just gonna be. I'm ready. I'm ready to cut down. And is you know? Did you hear something? No. Keep going. Why are we keeping this room so cold? <laughs> he's right next, right next to Walt Disney, and right next to and what's that guy? Ted, Ted Hughes, Ted Williams, a baseball player. They put his head on ice after he Ted died. Williams, I believe it was. I think it was Ted Williams. He died, and then we, did everybody find out that his will said that he had to be stuck in the fridge? Mm -hmm. You know, because they, because he thinks that uh, something like the raw or somebody is going to come back and well, whatever. Seeing uh, a radio correspondent, James Roop, will be joining us later on today. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum from New York City as we talk about.
It's something, here's the thing, is the Brett Favre uh, thing has reached just such an apex of insanity that even I care about it. So Last night I got into an argument Jesus. about that for like 45 minutes we sat and talked about what it. What side of the argument are you on? So I think I can, he's a douchebag. That's what I'm saying. It's a and big douche. And the person douche. I was talking to, he totally is. It's like a big you, you made a decision, be a big boy. And the person I was with was like, he was, like, he was pressured. He was pressured to make a decision. You like, legend! He makes millions of dollars. He was pressured to make a decision. He made a decision. He has to that's deal the, with you got to be a man. Be a man. Be a man. Makes... little boy. Don't take away from somebody else's promise. Well, that's the other thing. That's the real, like, that's the real, like, dick move about the whole thing is yeah, that he's, he's screwing the guy who's in the gig now. He's, and he was hired, like, what, like four years ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a uh, you no, know. It's mean they had the guys been needs to move on. Totally, the guys been sitting there. Brett Favre retires. Fine, no problem. I don't even have no. See, I know that like Lycus was railing on him for for blubbering at the press conference, and I, I don't even really care about that. I mean, whatever, you know. Men men have feelings too. So Brett Favre does the press conference. He cries. He just would have fine, great, the, 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 no problem. And then he leaves. And then he's like, he's not even out of the game like the, the, two weeks. He's like, oh, well, maybe I made it. Maybe I had to come back. Uh, and so all he does is just screw the guy who's in the gig now, makes that guy wake up every day wondering if he's going to have the job. All of the people in Green Bay, you know what we should do today? Hey, Richie Bristol. Hey, hey, Richie. Uh, we should, uh, today we should track down our good friend Becca Berta, who is the, was the promo director for KUFO, now working at the Little Tea American Bakery. Uh, this is not a uh, plug. This is not the, another sort of graft for this. It's a fantastic place, though. Mm-hmm. They got this pesto sandwich. God damn. It's like they're fattening you up for the for the, for the fall slaughter. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, we should talk to Becca today. She's a massive Green Bay Packers fan. I mean, probably the biggest Packers fan I know. Uh, so we should talk to her. And she had a big picture of Brett Favre behind her desk the entire time I knew her. So we should talk to her today and see what she thinks about the, about Brett Favre. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, you know this was coming. Timmy Ryan will be in the studio today for the purposes of a concession speech to be read by Sarah Dillon and myself. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so did I. He sent me an email this morning. It's me, Timmy Ryan. I'll be there at 2 o'clock with a speech. So at 2 o'clock today, Timmy Ryan will appear with a speech written for two. Uh, Sarah and I will read a concession speech, officially anointing him as the healthiest man we know. That's coming up. Uh, let's see, what else? More insanity. Dorothy Costaseri from the National Enquirer joins us today about John Edwards about... The love child. Love child. We, somebody should just isolate that. Just, like, every time his name is mentioned, we should just drop that in. Oh, kind of like Mr. F. Totally, exactly. Exactly like that. Um, and keep in mind, I don't care. Have sex with whoever you want. Have sex with people. Go go, go bang the entire WNBA. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But How do you think you're going to hide something in L.A.? But that's my thing. Exactly. Places, that's, and go to Poughkeepsie or Scranton and have an affair. That's don't my thing. Out. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to knock up some girl, uh, you know, just do it in Akron. You know what I mean? Or at least get at least get her a house in Akron so you no can such thing as privacy in LA. Or whatever. Like, I mean, you're in Los Angeles, the home of TMZ, for God's sake. Uh, and he's somehow under the impression nobody's going to find out. And also because, like all politicians, so keep in mind, we're not prudes at the Rick Emerson Show. We're not Puritans. Whatever. Go wave your member at anything that moves. I don't care. Uh, but like all of, uh, politicians, he's setting himself up as some sort of moral barometer, which I think we all know is a little bit faulty at this point. So, you know, whatever. F him. Uh, let's see. Uh, 888, now just one day away. One day, let's see, 24, mm-hmm. 25, 26, How much of your speech you've written, right? Zero. That's none. Or maybe I have all of it and I'm just sandbagging. No. I have nothing. Uh, 27 hours from now, 888, the Emerson address happens. By the way, if you want to see a truly uh, bitchin' piece of artwork, you go to rickemerson.com right now. Have you seen that, Tim? Artwork, yes, I have. Artwork after your own heart. 
uh, listener Adam uh, created this and sent it in. It's such a personality cult. It's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm crying in the streets when they take those photos down, rending their garments. I'm sort of like Scott Thomason for a new age. Uh, so if you go to RickEmerson.com, you'll see a really, really wonderful piece of art. Uh, we've gotten a lot of those. Joni made that great one. It was the V for Vendetta. And other guy sent me one where it's sort of a, it's a Soviet kind of thing. Uh, you go check that out. It's at RickEmerson.com. The uh, Emerson address happens tomorrow, 2 p.m., 888. Uh, and we'll talk more about that in this opening segment because there's some cool oh, stuff that's happening. Oh, that. Isn't that cool? And the, and the, and the actual uh, flags or the banners or whatever actually have the, the, the logo on them. That's really cool. That's really cool. It is. Yeah. Very uh, realistic. Yeah. You can so you can almost see it happening, can't you? Mm-hmm. Any uh, tin horn dictator can cut the same thing. Uh, let's see. Later on the day, we'll play Richie Bristol trivia uh, for a pair of tickets to see Star Wars: The Clone Wars, uh, which is premiering this coming Monday, Bridgeport, 18, 7 p.m. Don't forget. Also, uh, tonight, 5 p.m. at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. Uh, no purchase necessary. Just stop by Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing tonight at 5 p.m., and we will have tickets to see Star Wars The Clone Wars. You don't have to buy anything, you have to whatever, but, you know, perhaps uh, browse the literature while you're there. Uh, but no purchase necessary, but the, when they're gone, they're gone. So you go to Powell's Books tonight, 5 p.m., Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. Look for the uh, AM970 Street Teamers uh, and get yourself a pair of tickets to see The Clone Wars, which is coming up this Monday, 7 p.m., Bridgeport 18. We'll be giving away uh, some of those our own self uh, in the show. And it is High Concept Thursday, and we have a couple different High Concept topics. I'm not sure which one we're going to do, uh, but we got that coming up later on the day. Uh, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Thursday. You know, I don't know where to begin, and most of these are local. There's an alarming rise of urine-filled bottles being tossed along the I-84. A concessional uh, uh, Craigslist bondage encounter ends with the arrest of a Clackamas County couple in the tent. A good Samaritan is dead following two bizarre accidents in Vancouver. A Washington man goes on a paycheck rage after his employer didn't include his vacation pay. A man pleads guilty to murder in exchange for a life sentence, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pizza. Gnawing rats force the closure of an area home. Uh, heat leads to more falls from open windows. A dead man awakens during an autopsy and asks for a glass of water. What? No, 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 no. Do not want. Do not want. All right. Jesus. All right. No. Attention, tourists. You cannot be waterboarded on Coney Island. <laughs> Nathan's famous waterboarding contest? Yeah. You lose. And there's a backroom deal going on. We may withdraw from Iraq by 2010. Really? Yeah. All right. It's what now? 2008? Yeah, that's great. Two years. All right. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. Hello. How are you today? Hi. I'll try and get some pictures firsthand of the Coney Island waterboarding. Please do. By the way, Scotty just sent me the saddest email. You've made my day. Sincerely, Scotty J. How sad. How sad is that? It's sad when he signs it with his, like, full name. Yeah. Like, his, his grown-up name. Yeah. But then, he, but then he put in parentheses, Scotty the J. But he does live in the grown-up world, which we the do not. The J, man. I suppose. Don't you get the feeling, though, that he's just in a garage at a card table? I mean, with like, and then all of his. Because you know, they couldn't afford to to pay for an office yet, right? Because it wasn't a garage. And the, yeah, and the, like, and then all of his business cards say like Speedy Press on the back. So I mean, that's just a supposition. I could be. There's a line to fill out your name and print. <laughs> I could be way out. They all say Sample on the front. <laughs> Boy, on the back, get your free business card. <laughs> Anywho, happy birthday, Scotty. How are you, uh, Sarah Dillon? I'm doing very well, Rick. Did you have an exciting night? I did. We uh, okay. I'm did so you call so... me last night? 
Yeah, we talked. What did we talk about? It was something to, having to do with the theme of my soapbox derby. Yes. Okay, that's right. It's all blurring together. All right. Yeah. So, um, yes. We finally, we figured out our entire theme. We have. Oh, our... that's right. Okay, yeah, you told me last night. That's pretty fantastic. I know, it's pretty I don't cool. give it away, but it's great. And we, yeah, we have it almost uh, completely done. We're just going to finish it all up on Sunday, and we finished the frame. It got a little dented last year, and we just need to find one more helmet and then decorate everything. Now, you're doing the same thing you did last year where you're not necessarily going for speed, you're going for the style competition? Yeah, we did, yeah we're doing an art car. Excellent. Good for so, you. Um, yeah, and we fixed our brakes. We actually have brakes this year, which is good. <laughs> we didn't really have them so much last year. All right, then. Yeah, you guys were kind of flying down that hill last year, too. It was a little unnerving. That guy was encased in broken plexiglass. I kind of feared the worst. I didn't want to say anything at the time, but... Yeah, drunken Kurt. Yeah, that seemed like it was going to go badly. Yeah, there's an art show at Buell Land right now um, for all the soapbox derby cars from last year, and so there are a ton of, like, us flying down the hill and, like, Kurt dressed in his big Pope garb and everything. It's pretty fun. All right, yeah, so. but I'm really excited. So we have we have everything figured out with that. And that is not this weekend. That is a week from this, uh, a week from this coming weekend. Yeah, it's weekend. not this Saturday. It's next Saturday. All right. Excellent. Uh, well, let's see what else. Oh, if I see, and so I'm, I'm a little light on the sleep uh, today, uh, just because I was uh, I was up early. I had uh, way too much caffeine, and then I was up uh, really late last night, and I was, and then I had to get up early this morning. Da 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 da. Nobody cares, but I had to get up early to go to go pick up Lara at work. She's working graveyard uh, the last few days, so I had to get up and you know like drag my ass out of bed and then they didn't go to work. Uh, but so I got to bed. At, I got to bed at like two because I was up. I was up moving furniture all night because she's. God love her. She had it. She had it in her head that the living room just needs to sort of every. I mean, how do I put this? I think this is maybe a, in most cases, a male female dynamic. That I think guys put the furniture in one place and they just leave it there forever. You know what I mean? TV goes here, couch goes here, sofa goes here, chair goes here. Done. Never moves. Yeah. You know, and then by the time you move out, it's like the carpet is worn through to the concrete. Well, that's that's the thing. And I know, Sarah, you have a lot of sort of what typically people will think of as guy traits in that sense. But yeah, that's the thing. You put the furniture there. You got a good place for it. Why do you ever need to move it? There's no reason to move uh, it. So I mean, I've managed to put it off for like three years, but she had she got this whole thing where she needed to move all the furniture around, which is fine because she did you know she did most of the work. But the one thing that hadn't been moved because she sort of rightly perceives it to be something that I that I need to do, is the entertainment center. And the entertainment center is, it's one of those things that when you're putting it together, you sort of, you, you put the entertainment center together, and I don't mean the actual wooden thing, I mean the actual setup of all the electronics. You, like, you put it all together, you wire oh, it all together. Pain. But that, But see, but don't you like block it out? Like you wire together uh, your whole stereo system, uh, and then you sort of forget exactly how much goddamn work it was. Because, let me just run off, just a brief list of the things that I... So I've got seven speakers. I have... Because it's a 7.1 system. So i got seven speakers, turntable, turntable preamp, uh, the regular amplifier, my Xbox, CD player, TiVo, cable box, television, subwoofer. And i got all that stuff. I mean, and all of it, it is these tiny little wires... The snake, and of course they designed the back of the amplifier so that you have to put the wires in in exactly the right order, because otherwise you will never be able to reach past the existing. Like you got to do it from the inside out, or you'll never be able to, uh, to, to to get the other wires done because it's the whole thing. Anyway, so, so I was was up to like two in the morning just like doing that thing of, and the lighting in the living room is kind of bad right now because the lights are all burnt out. And they don't have any light bulbs, so it's just like one. I mean, we're just children at my house. We're just infants, and so I'm sitting there, and it's like I'm, it's like that scene in the movie where you're trying to defuse a bomb. And I'm looking at the wires going, is it green or blue? I don't, okay, wait, hold on. Let's, all right, Emerson, let's get it together. Is this pink or orange? If I put the wrong one in, is this going to kill me? You know, and it's just, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, so I just, it was just a, just a disaster, just an abortion. So, um, 
That's so right. Not fun. So she so she comes home this morning and she said, "So uh, how's everything going?" I said, "Okay, here's the deal. Um, you can watch DVDs, but not television. You can use the turntable, but not the Xbox. There's no cable, and you only have one speaker, and it's on the left. So have a good day. Bye. You know, and so I got to do all the rest of it tonight. It's just just it's just kind of a kind of a disaster. So um, Rick, I really believe tonight should be your first Timbers game." Yeah, it's not against gonna... Seattle. No, nah, it's got... going to be hilarious. I got stuff to do. I got that speech to write. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that's right. Yes, now. yes. Oh hey, is that true? Okay, great. Uh, we'll get some calls here in a second. Uh, let's welcome. Let's just do this before we do anything else. Let's welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, former KUFO Promotions Director, uh, and now Bakerette at the Little T uh, American Bakery, Becca Berta. Hello there. Hello everyone. How are you, Becca? Hello. I'm. Trying to drown my grief in making desserts today. Can I just, first of all, <laughs> uh, and I feel compelled to point this out. There's not any sort of a, the, 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 there's no consideration being given, no quid pro quo. I'm simply going to say this because it's a great place. The Little T American Bakery, 26th and Belmont, yes? Uh, 26th and Division. Yeah, 26th and Division. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, not just That's the. It's a great area. It's oh. like really up and coming. Oh, man. And it's like they got this pesto turkey thing. Uh, what is oh, it like? Uh, a, yeah, it's um, a cilantro pesto turkey oh. sandwich that's awesome. Wow, I mean it's so good, and I mean it's uh, you know, and it's, I don't think it's it's much of an insult to say that you probably don't want to eat it three times a day because you're gonna weigh a thousand pounds. <laughs> but I mean, but it's but it's worth it. It's so good, and then you got that. You got that olive loaf bread. I gotta quit talking, or I'm just gonna start salivating, and nobody no, wants to I'm hear that. Hungry. Come on over, oh, everyone. It's, it's really great. Um, so Thank if you, you get a chance, you really you ought to try it. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so Brett Favre. So I, somebody just emailed me and said, you do know that he already that he signed with the Jets. And I know that it's sort of at a resolution, but I mean, but it's just sort of the climax to one big whining douchebag fest. And I mean, where did, let me ask you this. But I know you're a big Packers fan, yes. big Brett Favre fan. Brett Favre, douchebag or not? Um, I think he's a little bit of a douchebag, and I think the Packers organization and the GM, I think they responded by being a little bit of a douchebag. I think it was just a battle of the douchebags. But I mean, what That's is... That's what it seems. It seems like douchebaggery all around. It really was. I felt really sorry for the team, for the players, for Aaron Rodgers, because it was, nobody was responding. Nobody was rising above anybody else. It was like everybody was just trying to call each other's bluffs. And it just got, you know, out of hand. And now he's traded to another team. And this is the quarterback that led us to the NFC Finals last year. But I mean, oh, we, and we just traded him to another team. <laughs> and so the deal is, the deal is, though, that he quit, but he still had time on his contract, right? Yes. But, I mean, did he not know when he quit that the Packers were probably going to hold, you know, it's like in radio. If you quit, there's a, a non-compete uh, where, you know, if I just decide to, to walk off the show tomorrow, there's a certain amount of time before I could go work anywhere else. It, didn't he know that that would be the case? You know, I think their egos are so big, though, and his included. I mean, as much of a Brett Favre fan as I am, I think in reality. No! <laughs> That's somebody from the Jets organization that just did that. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, well, fantastic. I wanted to hear what she was going to say. She's speaking very clearly no. and logically. And now she was. She made a lot of sense. Now we're never, and we'll never know. All right. Now it can never be known. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, I hate it with that. Just do a couple of these, then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, it's Chuck. What's up? Hey, every time I, I miss Scotty, and every time you guys talk about him uh, in the garage, I think of that Seinfeld episode where Lloyd Braun and George Costanza were selling computers for George's dad. Yes. And he'd ring a bell. Like, can you imagine <laughs> if, if Scotty makes a sale, the guy rings a bell and yells, Hey! Yes, but we all know that never happens. Yeah, well. No. I, uh, I feel sorry for him, but, I mean, Amway is an exciting product. <laughs> Herbalife can enrich your uh, your existence immeasurably, sir. All right, All have right. a good one, Rick. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay, just a couple a couple of things to get here. 
Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, so I already talked about this. Go to RickEmerson.com. You see this bitchin' uh, Soviet artwork that's been put up. Uh, tomorrow, 888 happens. The Emerson Address tomorrow, 888, uh, August 8, 2008, 2 p.m. Uh, trying to get to every radio, every set of speakers, every web stream, every everything. Uh, tune to this uh, very fine radio station. We'll do a special announcement tomorrow at 2 p.m. Uh, you go to rickemerson.com or 970.am. You can see the Google map, which is being continuously updated, showing where people are going to be uh, staking it out. I'm looking see if I can get this to load here, because I think as of now we've got one... Oh, Jesus. I mean, it's, it's vast. I mean, it's like I'm seeing uh, Africa, Europe, Asia, Canada... North America. Wait, is Canada part of North America? Yes. You know what I mean. Uh, the United States, some weird island, uh, then Hawaii, some other strange island, New Zealand, Australia. Congo is just the weirdest thing. There's someone in the UK. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a sound. Italy? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Germany, I see. So, um, uh, you go to rickemerson.com or 970.am. Let us know where you're going to be. We'll update the Google map accordingly. We got this. Rick. Friday, 888, will be my 41st birthday. I am flying out from San Francisco and heading to southern Italy, speaking of Italy, at 2 o'clock. At 11 p.m. local time, 2 p.m. Portland time, on my birthday, I will have the Emerson Address broadcasting through Martina Franca, wherever that might be. Uh, that's from uh, Dennis. So, there you go. So, thank you, sir. Um, and then, uh, final note, uh, am I the... Did you drive today? Yes. Do you come down uh, Powell when you drive? You don't. You don't. No, Hawthorne. I go down Hawthorne. Okay. Anybody who commutes on Powell, if you're heading, whatever it is, westbound. If you go westbound on Powell in the morning, for like the last three days, I think there's a body by the side of the road <laughs> at 14th, and it's like at that 14th Street overpass. That but you haven't stopped for three days. Well, I got things to do. I uh, well, you know, there's it, that, not that it's unexpected. I mean, that, that's what's 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 one more corpse in Southeast Portland. I can say that I live there. Uh, the uh, but you know, there's that train trestle that, or whatever it is, that train. I don't know what a trestle is, but there's that train overpass at about 14th and Powell, like right before you get to the twilight. You know what I'm talking about? Is it the twilight that I'm thinking of? Yeah, the twilight's on like 18th. Okay, but you know, you know, if you're heading like from where I live down Powell, down and then up. Yeah, and there's that train trestle yeah. or whatever it is right above there. Okay, right as you get to that train overpass, there's a big, sealed up, huge, like black hefty bag. By the side of the road, that seems to be completely full of something and is heavy enough that it's been in exactly the same spot for about four days and hasn't moved. And so I was taking Laura to work last night. We drove by it, and she looked at me, and I looked at her, and she said, Look, don't you just figure there's a body in there? And I said, Yes! And I was waiting for someone. Like, I didn't want to be the first to say it. But she's been thinking the same thing. And you know, everybody that goes by it has been thinking the same thing. Well, somebody who's driving, please stop and check and see if there's a body. Please do. Uh, if you're going down, if you're heading a, a, a westbound on Powell, yeah, if you're heading sort of to downtown. So underneath the... I think it's right before you get to that to, right before you get to that train overpass. It it would be at about 14th. There's no actual street there because you're just on concrete walls on either side. But it's like at about 14th and Powell in southeast. Uh, on the left hand, you'll see on the left shoulder, there's a big trash bag that I'm pretty sure has something nefarious lurking inside. And I know you've seen it. Uh, if you drive down that road in the morning, I know you've seen it. I've seen it. So this is local, relatable, interesting, curious, and morbid all at once. So just part of our uncaring world. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, it's like I told you the thing about the shoe. Uh, if you're coming uh, down Powell, and there's the thing where you, you can either take a right and you go onto the I-5 or to the station, or if you go straight ahead, it takes you to Barber Boulevard. Mm -hmm. And there's that little intersection. And I just saw like a running shoe sitting there, like in the road for about four days. And I, 
And I finally just went over. Like one day, I finally just pulled over to the side of the road, and I walked over, and I just picked the shoe up. And I think I just stuck it in my trunk and threw it away because it was freaking me out to see it there every day. Seriously. Is it like a giant white speck? No, because there's only one reason a shoe is sitting in the middle of the road. And we all know what it is. It's not because he just decided to be jaunty and walk with a list. You should have put it outside of your house with a little sign that said free. And somebody would have taken it. Take if want. Uh, I, guess really, two minutes. I guess really to be... I guess... Really, to have any sort of meaning in the Northwest, they'd have to wash up on the uh, on the beach with a foot inside of it at this point. Anywho, so if you've seen that, you know what I'm talking about. So I need someone to stop and, and look into that. All right, we should take a break here. Uh, I'll come back around the corner. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will be returned. Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Jim Roop, uh, Timmy Ryan joining us later on. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. High Concept uh, Thursday, and it is 888. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. If I if I had to choose between food and air conditioning, I would take air conditioning every time. Yeah, I was just miserable last night. But then I left my windows open all night to cool it off. But, you know, the garbage truck comes around and like, of course. at like 5.30 in the morning just wakes me up. Uh, all right. Well, two exciting bits of news. One, we're going to talk to Bob Costantini in like five seconds. Uh, two, so we were just talking about that bag by the side of the road on Southeast 14th and Powell that's been there for like three days that I'm convinced is a body. Or a section of a body. So, uh, Richie just told me that listener Tim uh, just stopped and picked up the bag and put it in the back of his truck. So we're going to op- we'll have him open that on the air here in just a second. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars. He is Bob Constantini. Hello, sir. Hi there. It just depends on what you um, consider to be stars. If you think our... Uh... People in Washington are stars, then uh, then maybe I fit that bill. I don't know. Bob, why always the self hate? <laughs> what is that? Is there some issue that we need to deal with? You you're filled with all of this weird self loathing. I don't get it. It's not it's not self loathing. It's just that my wife uh, will tell you that I need to be made sure that you know I stay modest. <laughs> well, that's support, Bob. Now, Bob, you shine brightly in the constellation of the. Uh, the above that floats above the Rick Emerson. Show. I don't know where I'm going with that, but you know what I mean. It's I like we're we're that. down here and you're a thing and you and you're bright up there in Valhalla. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so it, Valhalla is not not of the sky though. Isn't Valhalla like a mythical place? Isn't Valhalla where the like hall that, of yes. the hall of heroes? <laughs> yes. I listened. I used to listen to a lot of Iron Maiden. I should know this. I isn't Valhalla where the pantheon of heroes is? That's where like. Uh, you you fly on the wings of Odin or something, and then you're enshrined after your death. Am I making all the shots? You probably know that better than I do. Actually, I just uh, I just know that it's a special place, <laughs> like Amherst. <laughs> yes. Where do you live? Valhalla, New Jersey. I totally want to form a new city called Valhalla, Portland, or Valhalla, Oregon. Where do you live? Valhalla, USA. Is that... there a utopia out there? I don't. Know. I'm completely going to get on that. Hold on, Valhalla, USA. That's wonderful. A bar that I went to in college all the time was called Valhalla. That's so Valhalla. great. Valhalla USA would be like one of those made-for-YouTube sitcoms, but it would be like Thor as a teenager going to high school. You know what yeah. I mean? Valhalla USA. Wow. And then it would be like Thor and Odin and Odin and uh, you know like Icarus or whatever. And it's like all like all going to high school together on a collision course with comedy. That sounds like it would have been following Daria, like oh. you know, ten years ago. <laughs> Completely right. Exactly. You were totally right about that. Coming up, Aeon Flux, then Valhalla, USA. All right, well, let's move on. Um, 
Big fan of Aeon Flux, Bob Costantini? But the WB is no longer around, I think, or something. No, like. they're, uh, they're, 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 they're CW, I think, is what they are. CW, that's right. All right. Hey, uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, so there's this, this whole, what we're now, I think, is supposed to call the Congressional Energy Debate. Yes. So, uh, can I just ask you this, in your journalistic opinion, because here's the, we start to talk about this, and it's like I can feel the life force being sucked out of the show, not because of you, obviously, <laughs> because you're a fireball, but because of just the topic. I think people hear this business about the energy debate, and I think people don't understand what the debate is. First of all, I don't mean to be putting you on the spot about the, the state of the world economy, but can I ask you a silly question? When the price of oil goes up, which then means that the price of everything made from oil, like gas and plastic, goes up, is that just because uh, some guy or group of guys in, for example, the Middle East, just they woke up a morning and they just sort of spun like the wacky wheel of, of pricing and said, today will be 155 a barrel. Go. Okay, now I have to be an expert on something else. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, it seems so, it seems so utterly random, and it, you know, I just I don't understand whence this derives. There is huge uh, world demand going on, from what we understand, um, in developing nations. China and India continually getting the blame for that, actually, um, for you know increasing oil demand. And uh, there's also this idea of speculation, and this is one of the things the Democrats have been trying to hit at is that uh, they should put uh, the clamp down on oil speculation, um, and they'd have to have, um, you know, like the Securities and Exchange Commission get involved in that to, um, you know, people are betting that oil will go up or had been betting that oil would go up and making a lot of money on the futures market with it, um, just as people did with, you know, do with orange juice and wheat and corn, et cetera. So it's, um, it's one of those things where uh, the Democrats have been trying to cut down on the speculation, and the Republicans, by and large, have been saying, well, we need to drill more uh, here in the United States. We need to drill off the coasts. And uh, that's what they've been talking about uh, uh, since Congress broke uh, last Friday. And they've held this protest on the House floor, which uh, allows them to bring, the, because the House technically isn't in session, but they've been holding the protest on the House floor and allows them to bring tourists in. Newt Gingrich has stopped by to offer his support. That's just a voice from the past. Yes. I mean, um, what? Why did I mean? Was it did like that? Was that an invitation that got delivered ten years too late or something? Like, I mean, what? <laughs> he's he's there as sort of a reminder of a government shutdown, and mm. that's that also now is factored into this because uh, some of the Republicans may not vote for keeping the government open um, if they don't get their way on this energy issue, and that's. I mean, uh, the fiscal year for the United States ends on September 30th, and then October 1st begins the new fiscal year. And if they don't pass a resolution to keep the government open, uh, then the government might shut down. Uh, it, it gets exceedingly complicated you know, I, at how this works. I, I hate to be so weirdly like Randian about this whole thing, but it does seem like – I mean, I understand that people hate paying – the X dollars a gallon for gas, and I understand that it's making air travel more expensive and whatever. But the, it just it does seems to me like, and I say with my vast amount of financial and uh, economic knowledge, what with the many degrees I received from universities about our system, the, the system of, of finance, it seems to me like if you just kind of bite the bullet and just just let it go, uh, it's going to suck in the short term, but eventually it'll just level itself out. I mean, it always does, right? That's the thing. The market always. I mean, it, I hate to just sound so terribly what, Keynesian or whatever that, that thing is about it, but it's just like this stuff always reaches some sort of a stasis. 
Yeah, we've seen uh, uh, prices of gasoline, uh, most notably, uh, going down in the past couple of weeks uh, because the price of oil has gone down significantly, and there has been a decreased demand here in the United States for oil, and that has brought the prices down, uh, although the world markets still seem to be, uh, you know, relatively uh, strong demand. But because of the economic downturn here in the United States, because we're driving less, uh, we've all decided that, you know, well, we'll, we'll plan our trips a little better, uh, you know, and we're, we're not feeling as optimistic about the economy as we had been in the past. So, you know, we're driving less, we're pinching pennies, et cetera. All that helps to bring the prices down somewhat, yeah. and uh, the demand is down a little bit. Yeah, seriously, I think if you drive a vehicle that is taller than you are, you lose your <laughs> right to complain about this. I was, I was driving, this is yesterday, I mean, I don't mean to be that guy bitching again about SUVs, but I was driving by a gas station yesterday, and it was like, however much it is, like 420 or whatever, whatever the, the amount is, too much. And you see that? But then literally, I see like three guys pulled up there, all of them with these huge, like, you know, Canyon Narrow 5000s, these big SUVs, and you just sort of go, well, all right, just take that in the shorts, pal. So, you know, well, whatever. Um, and some people are willing to do that, but, uh, yes. you know. Uh, <sighs> hey, let me ask you this. Uh, sure. Do you know Ira Melman? Yes. Really? Uh, Ira's uh, a fill-in guy here. Can I tell you that we've tried for six days in a row to get Ira Melman <laughs> on the show, and we have been denied, thwarted at every turn. Every single day we say, what about Ira Melman? And every day they say no. He's on the early shift. And today, he out of here before you uh, before you uh, generally have that demand. Today, actually, well, there's always a demand for Ira Melman, I would think. And today, I, it, apparently, Ira Melman's last day for some time. So if I if I'd known it was his last day, I would have come in early uh, just to talk to him. He's become here's the thing. He's become sort of a mythical figure. Uh, Ira Melman is Ira Melman has become this sort of Sasquatch of CNN because it's like you sort of read about him and you see reports and you know people who say that they've seen Ira Melman. We never seen him. Have we have no personal contact at all? I so. am. Uh, I'm not sure. He uh, he may be around uh, in uh, future days. You that's see the, Ira Melman. I can tell you. You tell him the Rick Emerson show says hello. The powers that be handle the scheduling. Yeah. I'm just uh, a pawn. Hey, uh, as we see, there you go again, Bob. I would say you're at least a rook. <laughs> yes. Uh, as as we wrap this up, somebody says about Valhalla USA, Rick, uh, about your series Valhalla USA, it would be Odin, Thor, and Loki and their misadventures. The rival school would be Olympus High, would have Zeus, Ares, and Apollo. There you go. Best audience ever. All right. Uh, that, is a, that is a very sharp audience. Sir. I'm telling you, man, you'll see that you're going to see that on Adult Swim in like a day and a half. You mark my words. <laughs> All right. As always, my friend, enjoy your day. We'll talk to you very soon. My pleasure. There you Take go. care. CNN Radio correspondent, Bob Gaston. Teeny. It's writing back Mr. Scotty J. He sent me an email. How's Scotty? He's doing well. He just sent me a picture of his new office. <laughs> really? Is it made of? Uh, is is it like made of cardboard? Rick, it has a window. Let me see. I demand to see this picture okay. of Scotty J's alleged Here's office. It. And look, he put a little arrow to AM nine seventy. Wow, that's a nice mustard color he's got on the walls there. Is that a home office or is it an office in a place? I can't really tell. I can't really tell exactly what... It looks what... like a place. Look at those blinds. That, those blinds look like I a place. I guess. I guess, but that looks like another house outside. If you look out the window, it looks like there's a house. I'm it does look kind of like an apartment complex. Right. Well, let's talk to Tim. Uh, Tim, we were just talking earlier about this uh, mysterious big, like, hefty bag that's been by the side of the road at 14th and Powell for like three days now, and I've just 
in my own head made the decision that there's a body inside of it. Uh, did you stop and pick up the bag? I did, and it's been in my back seat, and it hasn't started to stink yet. So how heavy was it's the bag? Also very light. So it was very light. Yeah, it's really not too bad at all. So if you had to get I, a wager right now, what it would be? What would you guess is inside? I don't. It's very blocky, and it's kind of started to tear little holes in it. Um, my guess is it's I don't know, like construction type material. What does that, that mean? That doesn't weigh very much. What does that mean? Like uh like uh like uh sheetrock or something? Or something. It's well, from feeling on the outside of it, there's definitely like pieces of paper, maybe boxes, something kind of soft. I don't know what that is. Maybe it was uh maybe it was sort of like maybe boxes of uh things that were to be shredded or maybe boxes of files of some kind. But I would think that that would weigh a lot. This thing literally weighs less than 10 pounds. Oh, I was just, uh, and it's not like leaves or something like you don't think it's like garden clippings i don't think so no this is fascinating uh where are you at right now uh right now i am at like 50th and powell 50th and powell you're in a truck or a car i'm in a car it's in your back seat yeah well it's now uh on the sidewalk next to me okay so you you're pulled over uh all right so uh well let's let's just uh let's do this for a second um sarah what do you think about this how tell me is this uh is this clever or stupid uh, we'll take Steve Kastenbaum, get his thoughts on it, and then maybe do like three calls. People wager what they think is in it, then we'll open it. No, let's do it. All right. Do you have a few a few minutes, sir? Absolutely. All right. Can you? I'm going to put you on hold. Hold on just one second, okay? Bye. All right. If you stay right there, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent extraordinaire Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey, I joined the conversation halfway in, so I'm not sure what we're talking about there. Here's the thing. I drive uh, from my house to work down a street called Southeast Powell uh, here in Portland, which is sort of, a, you know, this is one, of the, one of the main roads that takes you from Southeast Portland to downtown Portland. And every day for like the past four days, as you get to about Southeast Powell and 14th or so, by the side of the road on the left shoulder, there's been this big, full-size, obviously filled with something, Tied, knotted at the top, like black trash bag. There's been sitting there, not moving. And it's been in exactly the same place. Again, it's obviously full. It's knotted at the top, and it's just been sitting by the side of the road for like four days. What do you immediately think? Oh. You really want to know my real yes, yes I do gut reaction. Yes. How big of a garbage can? Are we talking like a, you know one of those big? You know, it's a full size, like an outdoor, like the kind oh. you, you mow your lawn into. Okay, then then too big for what I was going to say. What were you going to say? I was going to say uh, dead dog. Why would you immediately think dead dog? That's an oddly specific thing. Because people here in New York do that often. In uh, in you know some of the uh, poorer neighborhoods when their pets die. They'll just tie them in a garbage bag and put them out with the garbage. Well, all right yeah. then. Well, this yeah. is not out with the garbage. This is by the side of the road. Uh, so, the road. see, I immediately thought dead body, uh, not a dog, but like a like a person. Although I guess you know, oh, I would. Uh, how about this? Uh, horse's head, a la Godfather. See, that's what I was thinking. I was see, I immediately suspected something nefarious. I thought it was like, uh, you know, maybe just the legs, maybe just the torso, like Black Dahlia style. Uh, so it, it has been there for like four days, and my wife was working a uh, graveyard last night, so I took her to work. And as we're driving down the road, we go by the black, you know, by the big black plastic bag, and she says, "Hey, have you seen that thing every day?" And I said, "Yeah, it's like four days." She goes, 
You think there's a body in there? And we had to both come to the same conclusion. So uh, this listener, Tim, heard us talking about it. He actually stopped, grabbed the bag from 14th and Powell today, put it in the back of his car, and now he's got it on the sidewalk, and we're wondering what's in it. So he has described it as being a full-size, uh, big, black, like, hefty bag, knotted at the top, less than 10 pounds. Less than 10 pounds? Less than 10 pounds or fewer than 10 pounds. Uh, and then feels like it has some sort of sharp kind of pokey material inside of it. Do you have any sort of a guess? Hold on. Pokey material? Because when he said it was less than 10 pounds, I was going to go with, you know, the, the packing popcorn. See, and I, mean? I was thinking maybe grass clippings, something yeah, like that. But, but, but pokey, hmm. I'm going to have to think about that. All right. Well, maybe it's filled with um, tree clippings. See, there's maybe there's something, or maybe pine cones of some kind, the branches, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Three clippings comes to, comes to mind. All right, so Richie Bristol, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I don't know who these other folks on hold are. I don't know if these other guys are calling about the, the bag. Uh, let's do this, Richie. So we're going to keep Tim on hold there. We'll, we'll talk to Steve. Uh, let's now take, we'll just take, I guess we can get three, maybe the rest of this bank. Uh, we wanna take, uh, we'll take listener guesses as to what's in the bag. Uh, and then we will uh, open it here on the air in just a moment. It's 503-733-2970. 503 Two nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. We'll go through like a bank of guesses, and then we'll have uh, we'll have Tim open the bag. All right. In the meantime, in between time, so I don't know a whole lot about sports or football or anything like that. Uh, I really only ever uh, football and all sports. They are sort of like I'm trying to think of another another kind of example, but there's there's certain sort of things that I don't really follow until they become big enough that they cross over into the popular culture, and then I start to care about them. And su such a thing is this business of Brett Favre. So we've already had kind of a mini debate today about Brett Favre and whether he's just kind of a jerk or not about this whole thing. And we talked to a former coworker, who's a huge Brett Favre fan, and even she thinks in, in her terms uh, he's being kind of a douche about the whole thing. And I know the people that think that it's, it's the Packers organization or whatever. But if I could just ask you this question as a the journalistic observer, when he quit... I mean, clearly, like, he has a lawyer or an agent, probably several lawyers and agents. When he told him, like, hey, I'm going to bag it, I'm going I'm to bow out, they must have told him, like, look, you got this non-compete. You're not going to be able to get another gig for however long. So if you quit, like, that's it. Oh, I'm thinking that as he started considering the fact that he'd be retired, he, said, he probably said to himself, what am I going to do with the next 45 years of my life? Right. And probably felt, you know what, I can keep playing. Why am I retiring? And, you know... That's what I would think. I mean, it's really interesting. Actually, now I'm watching a helicopter that just took off. We have, you know, a live shot of Brett Favre because he was apparently arriving at the Morristown, New Jersey airport. Right. And they just put him in a helicopter. And I don't know what's going on because Jets' training camp is actually on Long Island. I don't know. And their future training camp home is, is going to be in New Jersey. He's in a helicopter now. It's sort of just flying around. Is it possible that Brett Favre has just gone crazy? And... <laughs> And he's supposed to be in Cleveland at 6 o'clock for a news conference. I just, the whole thing, I'm not saying he's being disingenuous or whatever. And again, I, I have no problem with, you know, like a lot of people kind of dogged on him for crying when he retired. I have no problem with that, whatever, you know. And, and I don't even begrudge a guy says, hey, I retire, but maybe I want to do it again. Or, it's, you know, my heart is with the game or whatever. None of these things, I have issue with none of these things. But my deal is, and maybe I'm missing something, but he signs the contract to play for the Packers. Uh, he plays however long of the contract with however long remaining. He says, well, you know, I think I've had about enough of this. I'm, uh, the, you know, I think I'm the, ready to do something else. I'm going to retire. He tells his people about it, his manager, his agent, his lawyer, his whoever. And he says, hey, just so you know, 
two weeks from now, I'm going to announce that I'm retiring. Like, they must have told him, like, look, like, you know that you're not going to be able to play for anybody else. Like, you know you got to wait out your non-compete before. So it seems a little less than, you know, it just seems a little dishonorable for him to retire and then want to break the terms of his contract, which stipulate that he can't just go off and play for somebody else. It just seems a little less than manly is my point. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. I mean, this is a trend in sports lately. You know, Roger Clemens pulled the whole big I'm retiring. I mean, the farewell at Yankee Stadium was something else. And then all of a sudden, you know, shortly after that, you know what, I'm not going to retire. I'm going to keep playing. It's right. for another team, you know. And I don't even necessarily have a problem with a guy coming back. I mean, obviously the best example of that recently was Jordan, who, you know, when people say, well, Jordan came back and he tarnished his, you know, whatever. He's Michael Jordan. There's nothing Michael Jordan can do. I mean, he's still Michael Jordan, and nobody else is, and there's nothing he can do uh, short of becoming a serial killer that's really going to tarnish his legacy. I guess I guess my thing with Favre is it seems like he's just not willing to honor the terms of an agreement that he signed. It, it, the whole thing just kind of bugs me. It, it seems it seems like a weaselly thing to do, and you can say that maybe the Packers, uh, maybe they, you know, it would have been nicer of them to let him out, but I mean, it, but it's not like they sprung it out. It's not like they just uh, stuck something into the contract when he wasn't looking, you know? Yeah, well, here in New York, the fans are are going crazy about this because if you're a Jets fan, you've sort of committed yourself to a life of misery and disappointment <laughs> year after year after year. So uh, I'm not kidding. I mean, you know, they've had a lot of losing seasons, and every year it begins the same way. Oh, the Jets might turn around this year, and then they don't. And then that never happens. Yeah. And then there's, there's somebody's injured, or there's a series of bad plays in, in, in a series of games. So, of course, you know, we went out to talk to uh, the Jets fans to see if they think, you know, a guy who's almost 40, if he can provide what it takes to end the Jets' almost 40-year-old Super Bowl drought. And this guy really just sort of sums up the situation with the Jets as far as the quarterbacks have been concerned. Pennington has no arm. The other guy has no brain, so they got no arm and no brain. But now they got a guy that has an arm and a brain. (laughs) Ah, the unwashed American. That's fantastic. I love yeah. guys. I love guys. Like, you know what he is, Steve? He's one of those used guys. That's what yeah, he is. you got to love the uh, the New York hard hat construction guys. Seriously. If you ever want that type of a comment, all you got to do is go to a construction site at 630 in the morning as they're lining up to get their coffee before they start working. I mean, that, that statement he made is, like, so fundamentally... It's like so fundamentally basic and, and kind of weird sounding, it almost becomes brilliant. You know what I mean? It, it, it is brilliant. Listen yeah. to its brilliance. Pennington has no arm. The other guy has no brain, so they got no arm and no brain. But now they got a guy that has an arm and a brain. I mean, that's like a that's like one of those. It's like, it's like one of those weird, like like Ginsburg poems. Like, First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is a mountain. You know, and he just kind of going, okay, that's brilliant, I, I guess. So. I heard, I said, wait a minute. Yeah. He's right. <laughs> By God, he's correct. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, well, in, in any way, I'm sure we'll be talking more about this. So let me know if he just, I don't know, if he just, if he doesn't, like, if he just lands his helicopter on the lawn of the White House or something. It sounds like he might be, sounds like Mr. Favre might be having a bit of a crisis at this point in his life. That's just my read on the situation. His helicopter just flew off into the sunset, although it's not sunsetting yet. But uh, it sounded good to say that. Seriously. All right. Let's, uh, before you go. Uh, let's uh, welcome back uh, Tim. Tim, are you still there? Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, can you put just one more time before we take listener guesses, then we'll have you open. Can you give us, a, the, the, again, just a brief recap of the weight and general feel of this big bag you found at 14th and Powell? Sure. It's a big black garbage bag uh, tied at the top with duct tape. Um, That's And creepy. about 
pretty much right around like 10 pounds. Okay. Um, it feels like there's maybe some kind of boxes in it. There's also like pokey stuff that is like torn little bit, little mm. holes in the bag. There are also some soft parts to it too. It doesn't really have a smell to it. Mm. Um, so. So yeah, it could be so it could be the body wrapped in mylar. That's what I'm thinking. All right, uh, hold on a second. Don't go anywhere. We'll get the uh, higher on the Rick Emerson show. What do you think is in the bag? Well, uh, the the no smell. Do mummified remains have a smell? Uh, I would think just of dust. Dust. Yeah. I, I'm thinking either is that old lady that died in the house that was the kids left her there for two years and stepped over her. Remember you reported on that yes. story a few weeks ago. Yes. They could have bundled it. Was it a thigh bone poking through? I don't believe he specified. Tim, there wasn't a thigh bone, was there? No. All right. Then. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's in the bag? Oh, I think it's some pink insulation, some some lath from the lath and plaster, and, okay. like, packaging material for, like, a wall heater or so perhaps, some kind of appliance that would go on a wall. All right. So, like, scraps from some sort of wall assembly or construction yeah they pulled out the insulation to fit the new unit in and all right, all, the left over all, right. all right excellent thank you sir hey rick that guy was so descriptive it makes me think he was the one who threw the bag out there <laughs> sir maybe you know a little bit Seriously. too much about this <laughs> all right thank you sir i'll uh, do one more guess here hi you're on the rick emerson show before we open the bag uh, what's in the bag all right good guess sir let's try one more hi you're on the rick emerson show what do you believe is in the bag all right, thanks so much. That's not a real guess. Really well, Rick. That's a great bit. This is this is magic. The magic of radio really on display right here. All right, are we ready to open the bag? Yes. All right, Tim, have at it. Let us know what's in that bag. All right, I see newspaper, uh, some kind of uh, something wrapped in plastic. Uh, Actually, it's pretty much just a bunch of trash. Oh, that's unfortunate. What's wrapped uh, in? Can you see what? Actually, the... it's it's Leviton Decora switch. There's like hundreds of these, whatever this is. It's like a package for um, looks like something you plug into your wall maybe to make it smell better. I what is it? You mean like oh, one of those like little a, like air fresheners air that you put into the outlet? Possibly. It's it's a company called Leviton, and the product is Decora. It's this little box, and this thing is literally full of them. And uh, does it look like as though they're used or, or garbage, or are they, they brand new? Uh, they probably were brand new, um, and everything in here is just covered in dust. Weird. It tells me it's from some kind of construction thing. All right. Um, let's see. <laughs> uh, actually, I've got an email uh, they, they print out an email, and it's right here. There's an email in the bag. Okay, don't yes. give, don't don't identify the sender or the company, but what does the email say? All right, and I'll, I'll change some names. Yeah, you just um, give us, and if it says the business, you can tell us the type of business. Just don't use any specific names. Um, Jim is fine with Mark running conduit for the wine cooler along the inside bottom of the cabinet. So no need to come out and remove slash move them, as long, long as it's not Romex without conduit. Well, I need to talk with you, Dan, about the outlets on the back wall, though. The one GFCI is too close to the fridge and needs to be moved. There's also an outlet box to the right of that that we won't really need if we move the GFCI to a place that makes more sense. Excellent. And then a lot of other instructions. All right, then. Well, mystery solved, sort of. If only I'd gone to college or knew anything about engineering. All right. Uh, excellent. Hey, uh, Tim, are you a Star Wars fan? Huh? Are you a Star I Wars am, fan? I actually. Would you like to go see the Clone Wars this coming Monday? 
Sure. All right, my friend. For your help in this matter, I'm going to put you on hold, and Richie Bristol will talk to you. Uh, we're going to give you a pair of passes to see Star Wars, The Clone Wars, uh, this coming uh, Monday, 7 p.m., and uh, we'll also throw in uh, a random piece of Dark Knight swag for you as well. Awesome. All right, thank you, sir. Hey, thank I'm you. I'm going to put you back on hold there. Hi, Steve. You got you to gotta run? I think that was clearly code that is coded corporate espionage. You think? That he's talking about that. Sort of yeah. like, you know, the eagle has landed, the Did fat man walks him, alone. Did like, intercepted some secret email that was like, being left on the side of the road for someone to pick up? Corporate espionage. Well, why would there be hundreds of things that you put into the wall that are deodorizers? That doesn't make any sense. Like, unless they're, like, really the sort of bugs or something. That's all very fascinating. All right. Uh, well, I'm glad. I uh, hope we could bring a little bit of intrigue and mystery to your, uh, to your Thursday, sir. Hey, you cleaned up your neighborhood. I mean, hey. you drive in by doing hey, that. Rick Emerson cares. Rick Emerson gives back to the community. I don't just take. So, All right. Uh, are you on tomorrow, sir? Yep. All right. We will talk to you then. Steve Kastenbaum, enjoy your day, my friend. There you go, Steve Kastenbaum on KCMD, Portland. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, uh, Richie, yeah, we'll give uh, Tim a pair of passes to Clone Wars this coming Monday. And uh, we got a whole box of Dark Knight stuff upstairs. Uh, let's just give him a random piece of Dark Knight swag. We'll just let Bridget pick something. All right, there you go. Fantastic. Whew. Well, that was exciting. Mystery solved. All right. Sort of. It was 503-733-2970. It's 503-733-2970. Still to come, CNN Radio correspondent James Rupel will join us. Uh, Timmy Ryan will be in the studio later on. It is High Concept Thursday. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Because nobody's talking about the John Everett thing. It's really just us. Yeah. I think like we're the only people. It's like, j literally just us and the Enquirer. Like, we're the only ones who care. I got some emails about that, too. Um, please tell me you're going to ask what is up with John Edwards' love child. You do know you're the only people talking about this, right? Well, you know, it's what we do. Uh, here's one email, then we'll uh, begin the Ministry of Truth here. Subject line, Timmy Ryan, portrait of a douchebag as role model. Like many, Rick, I doubted Mr. Ryan's claims and was expecting a level of fail unseen in the past. <laughs> I brought, listen, this is so great. This is the best email of the day. I brought my one-year-old son to the track on Tuesday with the intention of teaching him about the tragic consequences of hubris. Instead, Timmy showed what is possible through determination and the drive to give an F you to everyone who doubts you. For one shining moment, Rick, Timmy Ryan set a standard that I want my son to achieve. What is the world coming to? Uh, signed, Ryan in the Northeast. So there you go. All right, fantastic. Uh... We'll get to more of these bag calls here in a few. People now have observations about what to be done with the bag and what these instructions mean. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, here is your God now. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The Newtown News is brought to you by Lace Auto Collision Center. Privacy collision repair, go to lace.com and find out what Lace can do for you. Most of the stories today are local. People have been busy doing all kinds of crazy things. It could be the heat. Now, the, well, the, uh, what was it, 90-something? Well, it rained last night, though, didn't it? I, I went on this a morning bike ride last wet. night at like 8.30, 9 o'clock. It was one of the most miserable bike rides I've ever been Killed you. It, it was. was so warm. Oh. But it's much cooler today. It's going to remain that way. Yeah, I woke up this morning, and I walk out, and you just tell that it's kind of been raining uh, for a while. And I almost I I had almost kind of left the car windows down yesterday. I'm glad I didn't. But, yeah, the, the man, it does, it's not just traffic. I mean, I hate to be, the, 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 you know, spouting the bleeding obvious, but the heat really does make people a little crazy. There's It's not like that full moon thing. I mean, the, the heat thing is real. The, the heat makes people nuts. Well, I guess uh, everybody knows if you want some uh, quick, amorous activities without naming names, you go to Craigslist, apparently. 
Uh, a man and a woman have been jailed after their sexual encounter led someone to think a rape was in progress. The Clackamas County Sheriff's Office says a homeless woman Aww. seeking a place to pitch a tent contacted, <laughs> a, contacted authorities after witnessing a man sexually assaulting a bound and naked woman. Wait, hold on. We have to back up. First of all, encounter. I barely knew her. All right. W would you please just start again with a homeless woman? A homeless woman was seeking a place to pitch her tent. <laughs> she contacted authorities after witnessing a man sexually assaulting a bound and naked woman. Where at? I mean, this happened. Where was the? Where was the? Where? Where was the? Uh, the? It uh, happened in the Clack, Clackamas County. Right. So this is a 47-year-old Milwaukee man and a 46-year-old Portland woman. They ran when deputies arrived, but were tracked down by a police dog. The pair explained they met on Craigslist uh -huh. while seeking this type of sexual encounter. The man added they ran away because of his marital status. Oh, I see. So they hook up. He's married. She is. Well, She's... She doesn't disclose. Okay, her. but he's certainly married. Mm -hmm. They hook up because she wants somebody to. They. She wants somebody to. Uh, she wanted to be bound and gagged. All right. In public. Well, apparently... Well, I mean, are they in a park? Is that where the... Apparently, they're in a... Uh, let's see here. It doesn't say. I mean, it sounds like they must have been in a public place. Like, that's yeah. the... You would think... I mean... Out in the woods. I say giving people way too much credit for intelligence. You want to meet some guy, some... Whatever. You want to meet somebody who's going to... Well, I don't if you know, want anything, you go on Craigslist. They really bind you up and call you Sally. Uh, whatever. I don't care. But it seems like maybe the public park... Especially if you're going to be nude and... Do they not think... Clearly, they don't. Do they not think that if you tie, I sound like that woman in spinal tap, you have a nude, greased woman, uh, but I mean, you've got a naked woman tied up, gagged, and a guy is, quote, sexually assaulting her in a park, even in Clackamas, that's going to get noticed. I mean, really, even there, that's probably going to raise somebody's eyes. They might say that might be unusual. Yeah, all right. Because usually things out there would uh, happen in a hockey talk. I mean, were they char was he charged with anything? Were he didn't maybe just like let's see. They're being charged with public indecency, well, so it was within an area where somebody might care. Yes. Disorderly conduct and criminal trespassing, so it was on somebody else's land. Yeah. Their bail set at thirty three thousand five hundred. Wow, that's a lot. That is a lot. All right. So well, even though Craigslist ads are free, they do cost you in the long run. You know. Uh, I mean, would it really be like so outside the question to just pay the like thirty five dollars or whatever it is for one of those like skank hotels? Mm -hmm. I mean, really? Then you can just you can sodomize people all you want, you know? I mean, really? Have at it. All right. Well, so don't don't do that, kid. At least go inside. I mean, th that's the thing. It's like and no, and here's the thing: that consensual, and nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see. Look, if you're really into being watched. You know what I mean? Like, if you're really into see, to having other people watch you while you engage in this weird kind of buggery, mm. it doesn't seem like so outside. How do I put this? You, you've already gone on Craigslist and managed to find some woman who wants you to tie her up and gag her and then do ungodly things to her. Mm. It doesn't seem like that much of a stretch. You could find uh, some guy offers up his living room. You go do it there if you're really being watched. Don't do it in a park. Just, you know, gives perverts a bad name. Well, this is Clackamas County. I guess. All right. So I, I I don't know what to do. So anyway, uh, some people are going on Craigslist, and this stuff is just getting around. It's got to be stopped, Tim. It is, because you know what's happening I'm George in this country. Putnam. I'd like to begin with a fact, a simple yet shocking fact. It is this. Pornography and sex deviation have always been with mankind. This is true. But now consider another fact. 
Never in the history Darn it. No, of the world have the teachers of unnatural sex acts had available to them high-speed presses, rapid transportation, mass distribution. So That's there. So great. They're talking about Craigslist. He's raised pornography to a level unseen in the past. All right. Here's Tim Riley. So if you see people on the highway in need, don't try to be a good Samaritan. Call the authorities. A woman was run over and killed after passengers uh, ran her over on I-5 and Camus. Apparently, this happened at 1.30 in the morning. Two people said they spotted a woman lying in the middle of the off-ramp to Camus and tried to help her. They also said a white van suddenly sped away and ran over the median as they reached the woman. The Good Samaritans uh, spoke to the injured woman briefly, and she actually sat up and moaned. Ah. Moments later, another vehicle exited off the freeway and accidentally ran her over. Yeah, it seems like if you're laying in the middle of a freeway off-ramp. 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, you're, I think uh, the rest of your remaining time on Earth is necessarily finite. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, yeah, at that yeah. point, I, that's, that's where you call the police as you're driving by. Mm-hmm. So, uh, don't try to help other people. No. Uh, then we have this employee of this veterinary hospital in Washington, in Poolsboro, I believe it's pronounced. Unhappy with his paycheck, told an emergency dispatcher he set, he set fire to the building and said, just take me to jail. The Kitsap County Sheriff's Office said deputies arrested 52-year-old Alfred Frederick at his East Bremerton residence. Mm-mm. He's facing oh, an arson County. charge. Yeah. Apparently, he set fire to the Big Valley Veterinary Service, destroying the office, causing $200,000 in damage. Uh, the clinic owner said the employee was upset that his vacation pay was not included in his paycheck. <laughs> Take it up with Brett Favre, friend. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Um, Leviton is a manufacturer of electrical devices, so that box of that, those boxes are uh, plugs. I'm looking at this here. Somebody sent me a, a link to a, a place where you can, it's like Amazon.com or something, you can buy the Levit, Leviton Decora, and it is a it is an electronic timer. Uh, well, it has five, ten, fifteen, and thirty-minute settings. It's like a, it's like a, a, a timer that you put in the wall. Right. They make hundreds and hundreds of different types of switches, plugs, dimmers, timers, all kinds of electrical parts. It's weird that there's a whole box of those. Yeah, uh, some contractor must have thrown his garbage out on the road. Yeah, it's weird that it, 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 it would, you would think that that's the sort of thing that would be missed. Although maybe yeah, and he wasn't going to need them or something, and so he just chucked them. So were, were they still good, or were they just the empty boxes? Oh uh, no, no, no. It was the, the guy said that they were also. It was a box full of those items. He said it was. Well, uh, I'm an electrician. I'll gladly take those off his hand. <laughs> I, uh, CBS Radio, of course, cannot be the conduit for totally giving, understand. giving or selling items that we found by the side of the, and this doesn't even, this, this sounds like a parody of a crime. No, 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 where'd you get this TV? Fell off the back of a truck. Really? Uh-huh. Where'd you get this, where'd you get this big box of Leviton electronic devices? Fell off the back of a truck. Because those dimmers are about 30 bucks a piece. Well, there was a whole box of them for what's that, what, what that's worth. Uh, well, let me put it this way. I don't know anything about this, but I will say that, uh, myspace.com slash Rick Emerson is a place where people leave comments and observations about all kinds of things. So hey, oh, they can get to know each other. They can, you can get to know other listeners at the, at my MySpace page. That's all there I'm going to go. say. All Do right. we get any hints about uh, what's going to be the big speech tomorrow? Uh, well, um, <laughs> uh, giving you hints would sort of require that I'd actually written it. Uh, you know, and that's, uh, <laughs> I'm sort of, ahead, huh? you know, I, well, you know, I believe in a certain oh, amount of, uh, that's why you're meeting up with Joni tonight. I believe in a certain amount of spontaneity. I believe well, in a certain I'm really amount of looking forward. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay. Thank, thank you. Don't forget, 888 tomorrow. Uh, we're getting nervous. 26 hours. Uh, well, the drug's up. Um, 26 hours away. Uh, tomorrow, 2 p.m., 
uh, 888, the Emerson Address, uh, trying to get the, every radio, every web stream, every pair of speakers, uh, everywhere in Portland, Oregon, the United States, uh, the world, and beyond, uh, tuned to this very fine radio station uh, so we can address all of humanity at once uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. By the way, you go to uh, 970.am, uh, or if that site is blocked, as it sometimes is, you can go to rickemerson.com. Uh, you can see, A, some great artwork, um, and then uh, like the latest one is this uh, from this guy, Adam. It's a sort of cool, like, uh, Stalin-esque sort of thing. And there's the Google map uh, showing uh, where people are already uh, going to be turning up their radio. And later on, we'll sort of ask people where they're going to be. But, I mean, it really, it's, it's now the entire United States. And this island that I think is Cuba. Uh, and then, let's see, there's Italy, there's Germany, England, the Congo. I want to know what this weird speck in the middle of the Pacific Ocean is. Micronesia? I, you're just saying that because it sounds small. It does. <laughs> and it could be for all we know. Micronesia sounds like a fake place. Doesn't Micronesia sound like some sort of... Micronesia sounds like... like uh, Micronesia sounds like a civilization that would exist in a sci-fi cartoon where it was like a population of 50,000, but they all lived inside a Petri dish. What's this? It's the Confederated States of Micronesia, you know, and it like fits on the head of a pin. It's like, beware, here comes the army of Micronesia. Bring them on. <laughs> we're, just, we're just tiny... We'll, we'll just step on them. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let's see what else we got. New Zealand. Uh, I guess I could zoom out here. Let's see what else we got. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, let's see. New Zealand. Australia. I don't even know what this place is over here. What's this? I, I know so little about geography. I am. Rick Emerson is the ugly American. What are you? Is anybody else looking at the Google map? Where? What is this here? Where is that? It's like if you're looking at Asia, it's... Low, I sound, sound so retarded. It's down and to the right from Asia, but above Australia. I don't even know where that that's is. Korea. That's not Korea, yeah, is it? So, yeah. He says, and see, I, we don't have his, uh, his John. He says, I will be broadcasting your speech through my university's PA system. I hope it's not Korea. That's a, you do the, 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 the hacking into the PA system? That's a shooting right there. Well, that's north and south. Paddling the soles of your feet. What? There's North and South Korea. Uh, presumably. South Koreans are our friends. Uh, our partners in peace. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so there you go. So there's that guy. Let's see. We got the... Yeah, I do want to know what that little island is in the South Pacific. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a dot. Micronesia. The, game, uh, the, the name is Ngara. I think it's one of the N apostrophe G-R-A, Ngara, I think. Ngara. But then, but then there's also Mike. Did you see this? There's another one right above it, Mike, where it's like the island is so small you can't even see it. The name of the island is Mike? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it could be like that Sealand thing where you can buy the whole place for like forty grand. Uh, well, in any event, uh, go to uh, 970.am or rickemerson.com. Look at the Google map. And if you get a chance, click on the link. Let us know where you will be for the Emerson Address tomorrow at 2 p.m. That's Hawaii. That's not true. Hawaii is big. No, Hawaii are a string of tiny islands. Well, but there, isn't there the one it's island? It's Honolulu. But isn't there the one island? They call it the big island. But it's not that big. Yeah, that's Hawaii, but it's really not that big. It's not as big as uh, a continent. Oh, okay. So Hawaii is this... We really are exactly the kind of people that complain about. So Hawaii... I don't even know my own goddamn states. So Hawaii is this place to the left? Yes. Sure, they appreciate being called that. You know, Hawaii, that place to the left. No. I've never been to the island of Hawaii. I've been to Oahu. Really? But not yet a couple times, but not Hawaii. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. No. All right. So there you go. Well, in any event, you go look at the good. It's, it's, I mean, it really is, is impressive. We got the Texas. Uh, we got the, let's see what else. Of course, uh, North Dakota checking in, as they always do. Oh, it's, uh, it's a little amazing. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, there's a problem on the I-84. 
Apparently, more and more urine-filled bottles are being tossed along the highway. It's alarming. Uh, apparently, a litter crew from ODOT picked up an estimated... What could this possibly be? 200,000 urine-filled plastic bottles? In how much time? Along the highway. But I mean, like, in a day? In a year? It doesn't say. So I'm kind of doubting this number anyway. 200,000 urine-filled bottles? I mean, 200,000 people urinated in a bottle? Is that what they're trying to tell me? <laughs> Where was this at specifically? Uh, let's see. Uh, most of them along a stretch doubled three-mile hill. Where the is drivers, that at? Particularly, commercial trucks are typically driving very slowly through the area. They think the price of fuel is causing drivers to drive slower than normal to save fuel, while at the same time passing rest stops and therefore urinating in bottles. That's a stupid explanation. That You know what it is? That's some journalist. Too much time in their hands. Uh, trying to make things reverse engineering some sort of a cause out of that. And what kind of crappy job is that where you have to unscrew bottles thrown on the side of a highway and figure out what the substance is? In Seriously, has any, and maybe you have, has anybody here ever urinated in a car? Anyone? Sarah? No, it's more difficult for me. Well, that's, I guess, you, you couldn't. I, I, know, I have pulled over. You need a funnel or something. Uh, what? I have pulled over on the highway. Uh, yeah, but I mean, not, but, but, but like, friends uh, and almost get shot. Someone would drop by shooting, and here I am. Uh, Tackle out? Yes. Uh, but you, but I mean, you, you had the decency to pull over. Yes. Uh, see, I can't, I mean, I understand that, it, you know, like a long-haul trucker, you got to make your mark and so forth. Well, but I mean, close to Mexico. People are used to it. <laughs> you just go anywhere, really. <laughs> The whole country smells like pee. <laughs> That's the opinion of the CBS Radio News Department, by the way. That is our official stance. The whole I'm, place I'm a savvy like traveler. <laughs> Rick Steve sort of left that out of his guidebook. Yeah. By the way, it all smells like pee. Have a fajita. Here's Tim Riley. So I think this number is wrong. They're making it 200, up. 200,000, 300 plastic bottles. I would believe 2,000. There's no there's no way there's 200,000 bottles of urine. Well, that there just, are a lot of truck drivers on the I-84. I, I guess, but wouldn't you just, I mean, it seems like... Why well, question the numbers? It's from the AP. I, I, I Apparently, but I mean, I in five minutes it takes to, uh, to, to pull over. So, all right. I, and it, plus, it, let me add, doesn't it seem like if it was a big enough problem that trucking companies would have just come up with... I mean, can I just be crude? From not even crude. Please can I do. be blunt for a moment? Well, we enjoy the crudeness. If you're going to be look, if you're going to be whizzing in bottles and throwing it up at the side of the road, first of all, God pity you, and and in whatever wrong turn you took in your life, and and and, and don't get me wrong, I know truckers under a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, my my brother Bob, um, it drove like long haul trucks for a long time, and I, you know, you got the, you know, they make a lot. Less you got to do what they say can't they make be done. A lot less now than they used to. No, that's true. And you got satellite tracking now. I mean, they can tell if you're pulling over, if you're taking a nap or whatever. So I know that, as Jerry Reed would say, it is required to put the hammer down and give it hell. But seriously, wouldn't you just buy diapers? Wouldn't you just buy some adult diapers? That just seems like an easier way to do it, more comfortable. Like the astronaut? Yeah, because I mean, be, the because lady? because you're saving. Because wouldn't you imagine that maybe you're saving? I can't believe we're actually putting our mental firepower towards calculating how much time you spend by whizzing in a bottle. But you know, it is the news hour, uh, and apparently it's a big problem. So says the Associated Press. Well, so say we all. Here's an even worse problem: adult diapers litter are used in freeway, causing traffic problems. A tractor trailer. Uh, overturned, dumping these adult diapers all over the place. Right. It's taken several hours to sweep them all out. But they're, they're presumably new and not used. Right. All right. But let me just say this. So, okay, so there you are. You're driving in the truck. Uh, suddenly you feel, as they say, the call of nature. And so you got your choices. You can either A, pull into a rest stop, uh, rest stop use the bathroom. B, uh, go in a bottle. Or C, like, 
you know, wear a diaper or whatever. And it seems like I don't think you're going to get a truck driver to wear a diaper. Yeah, but but I mean, if you're driving, here's my. But if you're going to have to go in a bottle, presumably it's not bottles they specially bought for this. This is like whatever. This is like what your Mountain Dew Code Red came in, right? I mean, it's like a thing. It's like a bottle. It was a. I, I don't think I'm ever going to hear a country song. Uh, it was <laughs> singing about doing. <laughs> load me thing. up on the Mountain Dew Code Red. Uh. Uh, but it seems like it's a bottle that was probably used for a beverage earlier, and I would think that driving an 18-wheel truck, which is, I mean, if you don't drive those things carefully, that's like a, one big death machine, yeah. it seems like you're going to have to slow to almost a crawl. Like, I call shenanigans on the fact that you could even do it. If we were a kooky morning show, we'd have somebody do it right now. If we, if we were idiots, we'd have somebody, instead of just having a guy run in an oval for two hours and 45 minutes, because that's genius. But I mean, really, it seems like it would be. I I don't even know that you could do that. If you, it's one thing if you're driving a if you're driving a, a Ford Festiva, if you're driving an 18 wheel truck. I can't imagine that you would. It seems like mechanically, like you're causing so much risk by doing that that the diaper is just the better way to go. And that's the end of it. We're just gonna say that now. Diapers are the way to go. Uh, wait, hold on. Here's somebody who might know. Please, let's make sure we keep this clean for the air. Hi, uh, how can I help you today? Um, I wanted to call and tell you that me and a bunch of girlfriends were headed to the Journey concert last summer. Yes. And we were stuck in really bad traffic. And two of us that weren't driving were really, really, really intoxicated mm-hmm. and both really had to pee. Uh, so we, I had a little water cup, you know, from like when you're at work and the little water. Like the little water cup by the water cooler? Exactly. Is so me that... and my girlfriend both used the same cup, but we had to like pee a little and then dump it and hold it, and then people will dump it out the window and hold it. That's the worst thing I've ever heard, but it's strangely hot. <laughs> Lucky the wind wasn't blowing in the opposite direction. Seriously. Well, we were seriously hey, stuck, like, in traffic. Oh, God, it was two girls, one cup. <laughs> That's fantastic. And it was hot, too. She's really hot, and I'm pretty cute. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, well, you know, thanks. Here's the thing is you probably made the day to any number of male listeners with this story, So, and I mean oh, that sincerely, awesome. so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. All right, there you go. That's Jen telling us that story. Two girls, one cup, back of a car, pee. Wow. Maybe I should just replay that for the Emerson Address tomorrow. Hey, Portland, listen to this. Uh, all right, let's do one more, and then we're probably going to move on from this. Hey, Even Eric. though this is a news story, as reported by the Associated Press, is it not, Tim? Yes, it and is. And I would imagine 200,000 bottles of urine, that's an environmental hazard as well. Yes. Uh-huh. So there you go. So this is a story. Uh, we are operating in the public interest, convenience, and necessity is what we're doing with this story for those who are playing the home game. Uh, how can I help you, sir? Hey, Rick. What's up? Yeah, there was an article in USA Today, I guess about three months ago, about uh, truckers and urine-filled bottles and how it is an environmental hazard because there's literally millions of them all over the country. And oh, really? uh, it's, they just throw them out the window. They, they, it takes too long to stop, and sometimes they can't stop because it's a hazard to stop, so they just... Out the window. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, so apparently it is. It is actually an impactful story. Well, and it, according to the article, the states with the biggest problems are like the, the midwestern states because they have long stretches of roadway with nothing on them. Well, and, and really, uh, let's be honest. You got to you got a state. You got to go. You got go, you know? a state that nobody's doing anything with, like Kansas. I mean, what's a million right. bottles a year in more or less? Seriously. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. yeah there you go. All right. And what's also true is uh, Oregon's a big state full of nothing. I mean, once you get outside the metro area, what's there, really? Well, that's a, well, it's like we always, Once you get outside the I-5 corridor? It's like we always say with D.B. Cooper. I mean, it's just billions of acres of nothing. You can mm-hmm. put anything. You can put a nuclear reactor out there, nobody would know. Mm-hmm. Shangri-La could be buried in those woods. Uh, you know, there were so many more questions I wanted to ask that Jen girl, uh, but figure best just to let everybody else kind of fill it in there. I did like she volunteered that they're both hot, though. 
Uh, Richie, I think we're going to move on from this subject. If other people are calling about bottles and urine and, you know, we're going to, we appreciate those calls, but I think this is, we're going to move on from that. Just, uh, if it's all the same to everybody. So, you know, your intent is a pretty, it's the thought that counts. Uh, I, but I guess we can sum it up by saying it is a problem. It is. And a serious one. 200,000, Tim. 200,000. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. So a couple more, we'll take a break, because it's already 1230. For the love of God. And I barely scratch the surface on these local stories, because right. we are live and local. That's what we do. A man who pled guilty to an Oregon murder in exchange for buckets of Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, will get that chicken and pizza to go with his life sentence. Tremaine Durham of New York admitted to fatally shooting Adam Colbraith in June of 2006. Durham wanted to sell uh, ice cream and ordered an $18,000 ice cream track from the Oregon company. Durham later changed his mind, but the company wouldn't provide a refund. The would-be ice cream man came to Oregon and killed the ice cream track builder. Uh, Durham agreed to uh, plead guilty to the murder, but only if he could get a break from jail food. The judge agreed and granted Durham a feast of Kentucky Fried Chicken, also Popeye's Chicken, mashed potatoes, coleslaw, carrot cake, and ice cream. Wait, so this was the, did the judge, do, is this the guy specifically requested this? He did. It was part of the plea bargain. In exchange for going along. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh. Well, we all have our price. He gets ice cream, too. Well, that, I mean, jail food, I mean, I've never had jail food, but I, everybody I know, uh, anybody I know who's spent any amount of time in jail, apparently it's just like the worst I guess jail food is right up there with military food, which is notoriously bad too. Uh, the I always heard that military food, like if you're in, like especially when you're in like basic training, that military food is bad. And I thought that that was just sort of like an old wives' tale until my brother went through boot camp, and he told me that at least for the Marines, when he went through boot camp, that the food they give you in boot camp is, you know, it's like USDA grade A mm-hmm. or whatever. So there's USDA grade A. And you all you always kind of hear that as one big word, like LMNOP, but it really means, you know, U.S. Department of Agriculture, the grade they've given to the food is A, it's the best quality. And then there's grade B, grade C, and there's some cutoff point, it might be like grade F or whatever, but there's some cutoff point at, w- at which it becomes unfit for human consumption, and when you go uh, through... How to go bite out of something and they threw it in the bucket. Totally, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, the, uh, you know, it's like that cow that's being shoved across the floor by, 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 a, by a forklift. Um... The but but I guess when you go through um, basic training for the Marines, the food they give you is literally it is exactly one step above unfit for human consumption. Like it's like just just enough that it won't kill you, uh, and that's what it is. So apparently, and I think jail food's probably the same way because they said what's his what's his name that that the nitwit uh, that the guy in Arizona the tent sheriff guy, the Buford oh, yeah. the Buford Pusser guy, yeah. uh, but he's all but he you know I can feed my inmates for a dollar a day, so. It's hard to imagine why inmates are embittered when they get out of prison. Why they get out of jail? He makes them eat pink underwear. Seriously, I can't imagine why guys get out of jail and just want to kill everybody they see. It's almost hard to believe. All right, let's take a break, shall we? More local news coming up. Nothing but local news when we come back. Because we are live, local, and relatable, giving you the news that no one else will give you, doing the job no one else does. The station that picks up trash bags by the road. We're saying, see, we not see that you know we not only talk about trash, we were part of the solution today. Pictures. All right. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere.
Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. This just in. Shia LaBeouf will not, I repeat, will not have his fingers amputated. This is from uh, E! Online. The actor who sustained a seriously mangled mitt, it says, in a rollover accident is not in danger of amputation, E! News has confirmed. I believe this is all manufactured to make the public feel sorry for him. Yeah, because that's the one that he was drunk driving, right? Yes. Well, allegedly. Mangled hand story. Allegedly, by the way. Because it is interesting, by the way, that, and I'm not saying he drove, drove drunk, although he allegedly said at the, at the scene, quote, we're all drunk. Um, I'm not saying that's the case. We don't really know. These are allegations. Uh, but it is interesting that as soon as the allegations of drunk driving came out, suddenly hand crushed, might have to be amputated. LaBeouf's rep is shooting down a Star Magazine report claiming the 22-year-old actor informed his producers he needs to have his fingers amputated. It's a completely fabricated story, LaBeouf publicist Melissa Cates tells E! News. I believe that's that to be true. Uh, so, there you go. I think he should totally get it amputated. I think I... Here's why. It'll teach him a good lesson. Well, A, if this was Saudi Arabia, that's exactly what would happen. With a little thing, thing around his neck. I stole uh, the... Um, but, I mean, how cool would it be for the guy in Transformers to himself have, like, a cyborg arm? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, hey, Shia, can you open this peanut butter for me? You know, and then he'd like, it's a dumb joke. I'm sorry. Skip that. Uh, but that'd be it. First of all, and, and let me ask you this. Has there ever been, and Heather Miles or whatever, Mills, whatever her name is, doesn't count, has there ever been a celebrity amputation? Go. Anyone. A celebrity amputation. A celebrity? Does, does, does that include politicians? Well, maybe. I mean, if they're high, I mean, and I don't mean like they, they were like in a chair, they were like thumbless or something, and then they became famous. I mean, they're famous on some level, and then had the amputation. Ted Kennedy's son has leg amputated. I don't know who Ted, Ted Kennedy's son is. Uh, what's his name? Ted Kennedy Jr.? Ray, you're bluffing. I think that's his name. <laughs> yes, it is Ted Kennedy Jr. Why? But he's not, he can't be that. You don't even know his name. He can't be that famous. I don't think that counts, Tim. Look, I, I, hate to, back, I hate to rain on your Kennedy parade. But you believe, but just so I can clarify this, so you do believe uh, that Ted Kennedy's son had what happen? He had a leg amputated. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't think there's been a celebrity amputation. That's what I'm saying. So he could distinguish himself by getting something locked off. It was Ted Kennedy Jr. It's interesting that we have, I mean, there's celebrity overdoses and suicides and murders and, you know, head shaving and look at my vagina and whatever. But nobody ever gets anything amputated. That is kind of interesting now that you think about it. You would think just the law of averages uh, would indicate, because look, there's been celebrity car accidents, drug overdoses, shootings, stabbings, maimings, drownings, electric, uh, electrocutions. I mean, there's been, celebrities have died or been mangled in lots of ways. It seems strange there hasn't been a celebrity amputation. It seems like we ought to have had one of those by now. I mean, really just the sheer math of it, it, it makes it seem like that should have happened by now. Is this one of those things that only I care about? We're listening. Who would you... But never mind. I'm going to back up and say, who would you like to see with something amputated? I'm not going to ask that. No, no, no. No, No, I mean, just not not, not that they deserve it, but I'm saying... Plastic surgery. No, I'm just saying in in the sense that it would be interesting. But we're not going to have that discussion. I I think the answer to your question is nothing is ever uh, amputated because things are cut off and remodeled and redone before... That happens to well, most people. I'm just saying, I'm not saying anybody deserves an amputation, but I'm saying, for example, you couldn't ask for better publicity than for Shia LaBeouf to have a cyborg hand. 
You know, a bionic limb going into Transformers 2. That would be pretty cool. And then you get the limb. I'm surprised. Okay, here's another thing. Maybe I, maybe only I care about this, but I'm, I'm willing to wager here. I'm willing to bet that, that I'm not the only one. I would be willing to bet that there's some nerd, some geek out there somewhere uh, that could design and get made. You know, like some guy who, who really has a prosthetic, who is missing an arm or leg or whatever, could get it made so it does transform into something. You know what I mean? How hard could it be to make... Uh, you know, like a prosthetic, you know, like a metal hand or something. That like if you're Steve Novick or one of those guys, how hard could it be to get a metal hand made that turns into something else? What would it turn into? If you had, let me ask you this: If you had a metal prosthetic hand, like a sort of bionic hand, which they do have now, they have those for vets. I saw one. I saw a little special on those. Uh, what would you have it turn into? Like if you had like sort of the you know, like a metal claw hand, like a Terminator hand, what what could it transform into that would be cool? Seems what like there's turn a, into. Seems yeah. What would, you, what would you want? You start us off. I don't know. I'm saying like maybe uh, like maybe a high powered swizzle stick. You know what I mean? Put it in your drink and it like blends. Like like one finger is a blender. One oh. finger is a mini drink blender. How about a weed whacker? Weed whacker. There you I go. I wonder if this is a conversation that Tim Burton had when he was trying to come up with the concept of Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. Because I was thinking scissors. I'm like, oh. You mind. know what? One could be like a cigarette lighter. How cool would that be? Your middle finger lights like a flame. <laughs> you know, you light some. How cool would that be? Some chick, you light her light her cigarette with your finger. This is either a really great or a really stupid conversation. I'm sorry to everybody. Here's Tim Riley. No, keep going. No, it's, you, you don't mean it. <laughs> You're right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Power has been shut off at a rat-infested Oregon home. Douglas County officials ordered the power shut off. There are too many rats in this house, they say. They inspected a property last week and deemed the home's electrical wiring unsafe because it's been damaged by gnawing rats. Uh, apparently, the place has hundreds of holes in the interior and exterior walls, and the rest destroyed most of the water distribution lines and electrical wiring. The City Council of Sutherland declared the property a nuisance and then hired a pest removal company. They dropped them out. Well, they trapped 800 rats in two months, but it still wasn't enough. They all came back. Well, you know, rats, that's one of those things where, like, they're like ants in that they're just waiting for their chance. You know what I mean? Rats are waiting for their chance to take over. But you know what rats are? Rats are the, uh, they're the joker uh, of the animal world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't really, they're not constructive. They don't have a plan. They don't really do anything helpful. They're just there because they like to destroy things. Rats are just chaotic. Uh, I mean, that's all they do. They, they, you can think of ants. Ants are, you know, they, they engage in some sort of... I mean, I guess you can argue that... But, I mean, rats don't even do pest control. Rats just eat the food that you want. Like, rats just... Rats eat your food and they chew through your electrical wires. Uh, and they're evil. Do you know rats kill... Rats are one of the only creatures on Earth, other than humans, uh, that are that are uh, known by scientists to kill for sport. Rats just kill things because they like it. I mean, how creepy is that? Uh, humans do that and, and vermin do it. Uh, and mallard ducks, strangely enough. Uh, but yeah, rats will just be like, what do you want to do today? I don't know, let's, Benji, what should we do? I don't know, what do you want to do, Fritzy? I don't know, let's kill somebody. And then rats will just go kill something. So, they're kind of just, the, 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 they're really sort of the, the villains of the animal world. So, you, whatever we do, even if we have to turn the, the, the world over to the ants, you can't let the rats get a hold of this planet. It's all going to go to hell. They must be stopped. Really? Well, sometime between the hours of midnight and 1 a.m., unidentified suspects cut down and stole a large quantity of Verizon telephone cable and the 7,000 block of Southeast McEwen Road in Tualatin. They appear to have substantial tools to cleanly cut a very large 900-pair cable. Substantial tools. Mm-hmm. The suspects are very likely that they didn't get badly injured during the theft, cutting of the cable because there was electric power running through some of it. 
So hundreds of uh, people in Tualatin uh, lost their Verizon service. Damage estimate, 40000 to $60,000. Oh, by the way, uh, first of all, uh, somebody said that he would want the he would want his hand. Seamus says he wanted to, he if he had like a like a metal cyborg hand, he wanted to turn it to a to a, a tentacle. I wouldn't want that. I want it to be a taser though. If I had like a cyborg like a metal bionic hand, I want to be able to tase people with that. Uh, and let's see. And it, and I do think that I've missed the most obvious. Now see, I'm embarrassed. I've missed the most obvious celebrity uh, amputation. Really, I'm I really am ashamed of myself here. I really ought to have my rock card pulled. Uh, Rick Allen from Def Leppard. Well. Drummer loses an arm. So there you go. I uh, I am embarrassed. I don't deserve to live. Uh, let's just uh, take some of these calls, shall we? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's up? What's up, sir? How can I help you today? Oh, I I I was just wondering about your uh, 888. Yes, sir. Could you possibly get it on any of the CBS television channels? Well, this is when somebody was asking if the Emerson Address tomorrow at 2 p.m. was going to be broadcast uh, along the entire broadcast chain, as they say. In other words, on the other CBS radio stations here in Portland. And uh, we, we, we've decided not to ask for any such thing because uh, it'd be kind of a jerk move. Because, as I always said, like, you know, like, what if, uh, you know, like, what, what if, like, the coin news or whoever, like, what if, what if they just decided that they wanted to start broadcasting episodes of Swingtown, like, on this radio station. We'd probably be a little miffed about that. So we're probably not going to do that, no. Oh, that's too bad. That's... I mean, it's it's an ambitious idea, but I think we, we're going to have a respect for our fellow broadcasters at CBS and not uh, not decide to appropriate their airtime. None of the TV people like us anyway. No, they all We're always us. seated way in the yeah, back no. and hardly ever mentioned in public. No, they're jerks. <laughs> oh, and the other thing is? Yeah. I was I was buying Vizo from Fred Myers. Good for down, you, sir. Down in the Clackamas. Yes. Before they actually... Had it on the shelf. Really excellent. Good for you, my friend. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Oh, it, it's great. I would. I was actually upset that they didn't have it out on the shelf. Did you scream at them? Did you threaten violence? Uh, no, because I actually have to deliver there. Good. No, because violence is not a solution to anything, sir. All right. Yeah. Uh, Visa now available at all Portland. I'm holding some in my hand right now, actually, at all Portland Fred Meyer locations. Thank you, my friend. No problem. Best show ever. All right. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Bum, bum. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's Tim Riley. The summer heat is causing more and more people to fall out windows. Emergency workers issued a warning after another child survived a three-story fall for an apartment window. Since the beginning of July, six children have fallen out windows in the Portland metropolitan area. Unattended children are often pushed through the screens that have been left open due to the summer heat. You know how kids are. On Wednesday, a child... Uh... They're pushed through the screens? Yes. Apparently, by younger siblings. Like an eggplant? When you dice it? What do you mean, pushed through a screen? Pushed through a screen. Oh, like, okay, push, they out. lean against, like, yes. push, through, push through a screen is like oh, a no. thing. That's like a thing you do to a hard-boiled egg. That's what exactly, but then when you put, push through a screen, that's exactly what I thought. It's like how no, my mom, no, no. no, my mom used to do that with, like, an eggplant or an egg or something. You know, and she'd we be had, like, we had an egg screen too. Yeah, and she'd be like, okay, you bend it in half, and then it's like, and I always thought it was the greatest phrase, push through a screen, yeah, and then it comes out in like little, no, little shoestrings. No, we're not talking about shredding children here. These well, no, children. we would never do. Well, that's a thing I would, I think that goes without saying. That's not a topic of discussion here, ever. All right, so, but they lean against the screen, and then it, and then it pops go. out. Well, you know, but don't, don't screens, well, Tim, you're a landowner. Don't, uh, you own property. Don't screens have to be secured in some sort of way? Don't they have to be, I mean, you can't just be like, you lean against it, and it pops out. Well, you should provide them, uh, but I mean, how how much? Can, or maybe you could provide parental supervision. I guess that always that. Screens are easy to pop out. That also helps. I 
popping out with just a, uh, the bottom of a pen the other day because a queen bee got loose in my house. Really? Yeah. And what do you do when that happens? How'd you know it was a queen bee? It looked like a queen bee. It was a big bee. A little crown, Rick. A little crown. I was just going to say, did it have a scepter? Yes. <laughs> did it keep shouting off with his head? Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, just pushed the screen loose with a pen, and it was easy to get out. Oh, man. Did, and wait, it flew away. You know, I had a wasp in my car the other day, about three, four days ago. Those legs are really freaky. Wasps are terrifying because not... Okay, here's the other thing. We were talking about how uh, how rats, you know, are sort of like the Joker. The wasps are kind of like rats in that... You know, because like a bee, like it'll only sting you if, you, if it sort of feels threatened or if it's whatever. And wasps, A, I think just sting you because they like it. And B, like I, it, 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 like a bee stings you once and then he's dead. Like it's, it's sort of a kamikaze mission. A wasp, I think, because I don't think wasps sting. I think they bite. I think that's the difference. And I think they can do it just repeatedly, just over and over and over again. Do they have sharp teeth? I don't know. Whatever they got. I mean, I got stung by a wasp or bitten or whatever it is when I was a kid. That was no fun. That hurt like a bastard. Uh, and, and I was always told, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I was always told the wasps are not like bees and that wasps can, wasps, wasps, wasps can bite slash sting you and then do it r- again right away because the stinger doesn't come out or whatever. So I have one of those in my car. I wonder how many accidents are caused every year by people driving down the highway and then you're driving along, air conditioning uh, you know, on, windows up. Minding your own business, throwing your urine out. <laughs> Minding your own business, peeing into a bag. Uh, and then you hear that... And you hear that, and it's like, even doing it now, it sort of freaks me out. And you try to hear, this way out, this yeah. way out, please. That's, no, and, no, I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, and for, and it's, they seem like they're relatively intelligent creatures, mm. uh, but it's like you roll down the window, and, for, and then they just turn stupid, and they can't figure the way out of the car. And then you're sitting there in traffic, slowing down. You don't want to come to a complete stop because you want to be mindful of the guys behind you in traffic. But then you're going like 20 miles an hour on the road, and there's and you're just going, ah, come on. I, I would imagine there are dozens and dozens of traffic accidents caused every year by bees or other unpleasant creatures stuck in your car while you're driving. Um, that's, but that's like, who's going to calculate that? It's like the guy who has to calculate. That's the guy who has to sit and Imagine being the guy who has to count the bottles of urine by the side of the road. Well, that's the guy that used to count the bees. <laughs> But they took him off that and transferred him to another desk. I wonder if he loses his place and has to start all over at the beginning. Crap. One. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Hey, I was just calling. Uh, I had a little story about uh, food from prison. Yes. Well, I've never actually been to prison, but I worked at a state college for a while, and I uh, restocked the little restaurants, you know? What do you mean? Hold on. What do you mean you never went to prison, but you worked at a state college? Well, we... Some of the food that we had is labeled, uh, it would say, school slash prison quality. <laughs> That's it, fantastic. Yeah, and they're like uh, like Kellogg's waffles or something like that. Right. So, and yeah, uh, but much... did you try any of it? Uh, before I read the box. And uh, but I mean, like, did you try? Was it was it good? Uh, it was good, good dollar. I mean, like. I wouldn't pay much more than that, though. It's pretty bad. I love I the know. idea that it that it's school slash prison. That's yeah, fantastic. So like all the dorm kids that are paying like I don't know how much like eight thousand dollars a year for their supplied food or they're getting wow. prison grade. All right, excellent. Well, it's preparation for the real world when your degree will get you nothing. Exactly. Right. Thank you. Yeah. It's preparation for the world of paying off your thirty five thousand dollars in student loans for your uh, your art degree. Here's Tim Riley. And that'll make you lots of money upon graduating. Mm-hmm. An art degree. Oh, by the way, so here's somebody about celebrity amputations. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, by the way, and uh, Thomas the Tech guy, his screens are designed uh, to pop out easily. That way, if there's a fire, 
you are not trapped in the house. So that does make sense. So maybe the answer is just to watch your children or leash them. How about this? Uh, let's see. We have leashes. Right. I'm sorry. What are the tethers? Are they tethers? Restraints. Whatever it is, it's a, it's a leash. Uh, celebrity amputation. Tim, I'm 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 ashamed that we didn't think of this one. This guy says, this is how guys think. This is the total. This is the male mind at work. About celebrity amputation. What about that blonde chick that looked like Marilyn Monroe but had bigger cans? Who's that? Isn't it Jane Mansfield? Wasn't oh. she decapitated? That's a, that counts as an amputation, I would think. They said it was a wig on the street. That's not true. That is the new story. Why would Jane Man- what, Who says that? Who says it was a wig on the street? The latest book about that. Oh, no, the uh, the medical examiner. Remember? We talked about this about a year Did ago. Did we have this discussion? Because yeah, I, saw her, uh, I saw her tombstone. We talked about Jane Mansfield... For hours. Because she was hot. She was really, really hot. She was decapitated? Well, that's the story. But now, Tim, I guess we've had this discussion before, but Tim is saying that the medical examiner now says it was a wig on the road. You're the one that said that. That I said it was a wig? Yeah. After exhaustive research, you concluded Mm. that she was not beheaded. That doesn't seem... uh, uh, I've never in my entire 27 years of my life seen a wig on the street. Seriously? And by, by exhaustive research, do you mean that I just went to Wikipedia really quickly? I don't know how you did it. I don't know. Maybe I was making it up. Because the story you would never do such a thing. Well, because the story I always heard, yeah. we I say now circling back to last year and talking about something from then, is that Jane Mansfield in an accident uh, beheaded head on the sidewalk or whatever. Uh, and and of course, and the thing they always point out is that she had recently taken up with Church of Satan founder Anton Lavey, and so therefore this was some weird like you know it was like some weird ritual death cult thing or whatever. Okay, so, so on Snopes it says. Uh, that she was not decapitated. Now, see, but now but what? It's crushed the top of her skull. That's a difference. There's no. a difference between crushing it. Yeah, the police report on the incident said the upper portion of this white female's head was severed. Well, okay. It ruins a good story. And also, that's an unpleasant mental image. For some reason, the, the crushing the skull is, is worse than the decapitation. Like, I can still think of her and find her kind of sexy, even if I know she's been decapitated. Not like sexy because of you know what i mean uh, but but now well, what but, is the what is the defining moment of her, her life is what you're talking about well i'm just saying when you think of jane mansfield uh you, you know you give her with a hat you well that's true uh i was let's move on i this is all very unpleasant uh, by the way this guy says rick in the early 80s there was a tv action show called a man called sloan i sort of vaguely remember that he said that sloan was a spy uh and his sidekick was a gigantic black man named torque Torque had a cyborg hand that included a saw, a communicator, an electric lockpick, and other assorted spy gadgets. That is fantastic. I told, I would completely get my hand cut off for that. I'd get my hand cut off if I could get like a thing that had like a communicator and a blowtorch and a taser and a thing. I would absolutely do that. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. The uh, magazine Men's Health has ranked Portland 7th out of 100 major cities with the worst teeth. Boy, it's almost like England here, they say. Uh, the ranking took into consideration the number of people who visit their dentists for annual checkups, flossing habits, and other factors. The city uh, listed the city with the worst teeth. Oh, it's Lubbock, Texas. Runners-up are Philadelphia, Spokane. Spokane. Salt Lake City, all places that you've been. Now, wait a minute. Salt Lake City, well, you know why that makes sense, though? Because those are all places that aren't fluoridated. Oh. Spokane is not fluoridated because it's a government conspiracy. Uh, Salt Lake City is not fluoridated. I'm shocked at Salt Lake City. You would think that they would care. They care enough about their bodies. Well, they're very. It's a Salt Lake City. It's very a, hygienic. It right? is. They're a very. They're a clean people. Uh, but I mean, I will just say this: based upon the time I spent 
living in Salt Lake City. And looking at teeth. And just seeing people and folks. I would say that Salt Lake City, uh, that is a, in my experience, on KCMD Portland, that is, in my experience, Salt Lake is a place where a great amount of emphasis is put on physical appearance. Uh, for a lot of reasons. But it, I'm not trying to say that they're, they're shallow people. I'm just saying that there's a great amount of importance. So what, do women there get cosmetic surgery for their bosoms? You know, that's a good question, actually. I don't know how, uh, because it is obviously a very strongly LDS, it's a strong Mormon state. I don't really know what the, what, the, what the church says about cosmetic surgery. That's a good question. I know you're not supposed to get tattoos. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's not like a full-on deal-breaker like it is in some religions. Uh, you're not supposed to get tattoos. It's an unspoken thing if you're a man that you shouldn't have facial hair. Like, they don't say it. Uh, and all, and like Brigham Young and all those guys have beards, but you know, it's sort of a, it is, it is understood at this point. If you are a, an LDS man, that you don't get facial hair. But it's, there's a, there's a great premium put on being, uh, keeping yourself sort of, um, treating your body well. And what, well, they don't say looking attractive, but they say look, making yourself look presentable mm -hmm. and respectable. Uh, and, uh, and I, you know, and there is something, I was gonna say that there are a certain amount of dividends that are paid by that because it's, I always just go on about the Mormon girls, but I mean, the people in Utah are really blindingly attractive. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the most part. I mean, it's, it's freakish. Um, but the teeth thing is sort of strange. I don't know if you can get. I don't know if the if the LDS church is opposed to plastic to plastic surgery or not. But you know. But again, the the thing about them being having bad teeth is is in uh, large sections of Utah they don't fluoridate the water. You know, because it's you know because it's the government's way of injecting mind control serum into you or like whatever whatever the the, the story is this week. Uh, but I mean, I've told this story before. Of Kennewick of all places, when I moved from Kennewick to Spokane. I went to the dentist during one of those like rare moments when I had money. I went to the dentist. I get in the chair in the Spokane dental office. I, you know, he does that thing of like he lays back and he goes, open your mouth and say, ah, I open my mouth. I swear the dentist looks in my mouth for like five seconds and he says, you're not from here. And I said, no, I'm not. How do you know? And he says, well, because your teeth are great. Your enamel is great. He said, you're from someplace with fluoride. And I said, well, I'm from Kennewick. And he goes, there you go. Because in Spokane, at least at the time, it wasn't fluoridated. Mm -hmm. And so everybody here, they just have the teeth, and they just look like, uh, I mean, the teeth just look like, a, just like, I mean, it's just like, it's just like. Um, no, people have teeth that grow in sideways, and it's really scary looking. I mean, just, and they're just, they're just weird looking, and they're all thin and skinny, and they jut out at weird angles and whatever, and. You know, the people. I mean, look. I, if it's a government conspiracy, it's a government conspiracy. I'll gladly take. You know what I mean? Because uh, my teeth are fine and I have a good smile, and I'll I'll gladly trade that for uh, you know for secretly being dosed with whatever it is the government's injecting to my head. I had, I had the same thing. Fluoridation. My yeah. dentist. Aha! Your teeth are straight and even. Totally. Exactly. You know, Sarah's got fantastic teeth because you have that full-on military fluoridation. Yeah, I have, I have navy teeth. I'm, yeah. Navy it. teeth. Mm-hmm. Because living in so many places with different levels of fluoride in the water yeah. makes them strong. Yeah, because, I mean, and I don't want to get off into the whole thing, but, I mean, as you know, the people just run their mouths about, you know, fluoride was created by the government, that, you know, and it's just, seriously, the people who say that have always got teeth that just look like lumps of coal. I mean, and it's always just like, it's always just like Cletus the slack-jawed yokel and his one remaining bicuspid telling you how fluoride is evil. Aha, uh -huh, so the LDS Hospital of Salt Lake City does offer... Such services, plastic surgery. That doesn't surprise me, actually. It's uh, they're they're very big on appearance. I I will say that the uh, uh, not just Mormons, but the culture in that state, in my in my experience, is very very much uh, they're very much into looking you know looking clean cut and presentable. You might say. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. So on to the next thing. Is that our last? It is. I don't know, man. We're it's moving just, on. This day is whipping by. It is. It really is. So let's uh, move on to other things here. Let me. Uh... Do this Would you like me to kill some time? Actually, no. 
because I didn't know how I was going to tackle this, but you're probably going to cover this later. John Edwards' reluctance to refute allegations that he had an affair and child with his former videographer could jeopardize his potential role at the Democratic National Convention. He's supposed to be a speaker and a surrogate for his party's... That's an unpleasant, it that's an unpleasant choice of terms. It is. So uh, he's uh, been relatively low-key and uh, since dropping out of the Democratic race. I guess he's been busy with other things, like at that Beverly Hills Hotel. Yes. Uh, so... Apparently, his role is uh, clouded by these allegations, that according to uh, the Fox News Channel. Uh, so this is, I mean, were they planning on it? Did you say they were planning yeah. on having him speak? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, here's the thing. you, you got to know that Hillary's glad about this because it detracts from the whole weirdness about whether or not her uh, nutcase supporters are going to push for some floor vote uh, at the convention. Because there's still, you know, there's there's still that, that, that sort of uh, really militaristic faction of Hillary's base that is demanding that they put it all to a vote at the convention because they think that she's, you know, whatever, that she's still the person for the job or whatever. Have you heard about the incredible shrinking Doritos bag? No, I haven't. Big companies are protecting profits with subtle repackaging, putting in a little less. This goes to boxes of cereal, containers of ice cream, rolls of paper towels, other products, including dog food. So, you seem to run out of Doritos, orange juice, and mayonnaise faster than you used to? Your mind isn't playing tricks on you due to skyrocketing costs. They blame all this. Many companies are putting a little less in their bags, jars, and boxes. Well, you know, that's a scam from way back with the candy companies. The candy companies are the first to do that because you, you, I mean, and this is even before my time, but they would do that thing with the candy bar where they would put, you know, it used to be just the candy bar and the wrapper, and then it was the candy bar, but the candy bar was in like a little cardboard tray, mm-hmm. and they would claim it was so the candy bar wouldn't be crushed, but what it really was is they could make the candy bar smaller, but the cardboard tray kept the package the same size. And so if you weren't too, like, if you didn't pay too close of attention, you were, like, paying the same for the smaller amount of candy. So Wrigley is uh, reducing the number of sticks in its large pack of gum from 17 to 50. That is not right. But the company says consumers will find the new package is more convenient. How inconvenient was the pack of gum? I was just going to say, really, if you... Uh, I mean, if you're not even getting to the walking and chewing gum, if you're really just the, the opening of the gum is thwarting you, maybe it's time to go back to short pants, huh? Uh, let's see here. Procter & Gamble has kept the number of paper towels and two counts of bounty, uh, but the products have done well because upgrades at the same time made the paper thicker and more absorbent. Hey, let's talk about Doritos for a second. Let's go back to Doritos. Uh, I was just going to say what you are talking about. When, and it's sometime just within like the last six months, have you noticed that sometime in the last, I don't know, since maybe December or so, there are now 700 different flavors of Doritos. Have you noticed this? Yeah. It's like, I mean, there was just like the regular Doritos and I think the ranch for a long time. And it's like you go to, the, I mean, even the vending machine in the kitchen now, I think there's like, there's like 50 different flavors. I mean, they all basically just taste like Doritos. That's like, like licorice changed, and gooseberry. Yeah, and they changed the flavors of goldfish crackers, too. Is that true? Now do they change? it's gross. They it's just like, added additional flavors? Yeah, it's like ca- catfish crackers. Cheddar. What? <laughs> What are these cheaper? Carp. <laughs> That's fantastic. Hey, do you have any of those, uh, any of those grouper crackers? Somebody's got to do it. What's the funniest fish? I'm saying carp. Carp is pretty funny. Flounder. Flounder is hilarious. Flounder crackers. Uh, Yeah, that may be it. That may be the funniest. Sucker. Sucker. Hey, Sucker that's good. Sucker fishes are funny. Seriously, sucker fish crackers. All right, that's funny. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Um, hey, about that bag of mystery you guys opened earlier. I guessed it. The, this is funny. Damn, I guessed it contained Scotty J's hopes and dreams. Not to mention his sobriety. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Here's two interesting emails. Rick, 
I don't know what official Mormon policy is, but Utah, this is a uh, guy named Jason saying this, uh, he says, Utah's brimming with fake boobs. Everybody has fake boobs there. And oddly enough, with the bad teeth story, all the Mormon chicks there that I've met have sparkling, perfectly aligned teeth. Uh, their teeth are so, he says, they're so white, I'm assuming he means the teeth, are so white they practically glow in the dark. Uh, and this is, he might be onto something here. He says, the other thing, though, that in that culture is this very little, um, very little consumption of coffee. Uh, or tea, and again, it's not like soda is necessarily health food, but coffee or tea stain your teeth pretty badly, and there's no consumption, there's very, very little consumption of coffee or tea there. Uh, here's a creepy email, and then this prompts a memory in my head that we'll get to. This guy says, about boobs in Utah, uh, my parents are from Utah, my mom's got fake boobs. It must be a weird... I have to say, I know somebody who's Mormon, and his mother has fake boobs. Really? Mm-hmm. It must be a strange thing when your mother gets uh, breast implants. That's got to be a weird sort of, I mean... That must be a new thing in motherhood. Well, but I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't care. I mean, to, to each her own. It's just got to be a strange sort of... That's got to be one of those things, if you're, if you're uh, uh, you know, a guy and your mom gets breast implants, that's got to be one of those things you just put away in your head and you agree never to think about it. You just put that into it. You put that into a locking box in the basement of your brain and you agree never... You know, and now that we're having this discussion... I'll just say this. This is, this is a true story, and I'd sort of forgotten about it until this guy mentioned it. We were just discussing, for whatever reason, I can't remember, uh, whether uh, in Utah, specifically with the LDS Church, if there was some sort of a prohibition on cosmetic surgery. And now that I think about it, when I worked in Utah radio, there was an AE there. There was a female saleswoman there um, who uh, got uh, implanted. Now, she was Mormon, and she got implants. And it was the most awkward, it was the weirdest thing. I don't know what it is with chicks uh, doing this. She got uh, implants. And then she came back to the office and, yes, was asking some of the other female employees to feel them. Like, check these out. Don't think it's the weirdest. I mean, whatever. I'm all for it, I suppose. But it was just kind of strange. She said, feel my boobs. I mean, that's the thing. It was like she came back and she was, she was a very petite woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't really remember what she looked like before, but I'm, I think she was pretty flat. And anyway, she was, you know, she was a kind of a small woman. And she went and she got these, these implants. They weren't huge, but I mean, they were, they were prominent, you might say. And she came back to the office. And, of course, it's not like you could hide it, like, you know, like, uh, whatever, like, uh, you know, there's there's Alice one day, you know, she's like an A, and then she comes back and she's like a C or a D or something, like, two weeks later. Which, again, is fine, but she came out of the office and everybody sort of knew it, because, I mean, you noticed that thing. Uh, and then, but she would ask the other, but she and the other female, it was like, it's like when p- women are pregnant. And they're like, can I touch your stomach? You know, or some women who are pregnant want you, they're like, look, do you want to feel the foot? Or what? <laughs> do you want to feel the baby's nose? It's pressing through my navel. Uh, and this woman was like that with her implants, and she and some of the other women at the office will be talking about it, and it's like, and then eventually the conference, and this like in the lunchroom, it was so weird, and this is in 1995, and it's like post Anita Hill, uh, where these women be in the lunchroom, and eventually you'd see one of the other women reaching up and going, ha ha, and I'm like, it's all very weird, so. I think it's a common breast implant thing that people do, except for like, um, like a, a few people I know just like don't really talk about them, but in college, I remember this girl, Angie. Was always like, I just got new boobs, feel them, and she wanted everyone to feel them. That's... I guess maybe they need justification that they don't feel that. I guess bad. it's a social thing. Well, maybe. Well, that's. A, but I think Sarah may have nailed it. I think they need external validation that they don't look or feel fake. Which but she they, got porn boobs. Which they, they usually do. She was very like 
out there and very volleyballs. Yeah, I that's, get like huge ones. I mean, I you know, and it's not like you know, whatever. I mean, it's, you know, I guess by definition, if they're done well enough, you wouldn't notice. But that that's the thing I can't get with is like the big, obviously fake, like porn implants. There's just nothing. I guess if you do that, I guess that maybe is you like that's your deal is like you that that's almost like a fetish in and of itself is for the big, obviously fake implants. There's just nothing appealing to me about that. So, all right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. In other news today, the widow of the anthrax guy is coming forward. Maureen uh, Stevens held a press conference after her husband committed suicide and said the evidence presented to her pretty much tells the story that, yes, her husband was the anthrax guy. Just knowing is enough. I mean, a face, a photograph, and given the facts that I was given yesterday in Washington, that's what it has done. It after talking to the FBI, yes, 100%. She says her husband was mentally unstable for quite some time. I really don't understand this unless he was really good at covering. I mean, he was not just a little bit weird. I mean, he was certifiable. And he had been for years. This is not something new. He'd been like this for a long time. Yet she tolerated it. One in her divorce. Yeah, I mean, really. Who are you married to? Well, guy who threatens to kill people, but what are you going to do? He didn't kill as many as he predicted. All right. So, but I mean, they basically, I mean, this is a, he hasn't gone to trial and he's dead and whatever, but I mean, they, but they kind of, it sounds like they just sort of have him dead to rights on this. Mm-hmm. And here's the indication to me that he probably did it is because if there was, if, if the government could even in the tiniest way tie it to terrorism, you know, they would, right? Like, that's the thing. Like if the government had, if there was any way, like even the most unbelievably far-fetched way to tie anthrax to terrorists. They would totally be doing that. And so the fact that they're not indicates that the, probably, the evidence is probably very, very solid against the guy. Uh, because if they, could, if they could be using it in any way to prop up this uh, war that we're in, I mean, they would be doing that. So, all right. A horse is given a giant birthday party. The old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be, ain't what she used to be, ain't what she used to be. The old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be many long years ago. Don't ask me why. If you're listening to KBU, community radio. Yes, a horse at the Air Force Academy has reached an amazing age. A party is being held for Stubbs to celebrate his 46th birthday. Stubbs. The party at the Equestrian Center included plenty of kids and carrot cake. The Equestrian Center manager, Billy Jack Barrett, uh, said, Jack. Where is this? Colorado Springs. Stubbs has dutifully worked for the Military Academy for 40 years, giving riding lessons and marching in parades. Still eats the same oats, same feeds, same hay. Never asked for a raise, never asked for a transfer. He thinks he's in horse heaven. I think that's why he's so old. Most horses live to be in their mid to late 20s, but Stubbs is 46. Happy birthday. That's a water skiing squirrel. Uh, Rick, if decapitation counts as amputation, uh, let's not forget such celebrities as, I forgot about this one too, Vic Morrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is true. James Dean. I didn't, well, James Dean wasn't decapitated, was he? Yeah, we, we talked about that before. Did we? Yeah. All right. He I was? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I kind of, yeah, I don't care that much about James Dean. So, uh, all right. Uh, let's see here. I don't know what any of these calls are about. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. What's this up? Tim. Hello. Hey, hey, um, I've... I had a question, and then I want I wanted to tell you about a hornet. Um, whatever happened to the uh, ride in the jet? I'm sorry, what? Oh, it's not till next. Year. Oh, it's not till next year. It's next August, oh, that sir. Was for next year. Yes, it's oh. next next year, sir. Um, and also I drive a truck, and you know how they have the mirrors that stick way out to the side? Yes. I had a hornet 
last year bounced off the mirror. I was doing about 50, uh-huh. and it went down the back of my flannel shirt. Wow. Oh. Yeah. And so I anchored that thing in the middle of the road and jumped out and ripped my shirt off, tore the buttons, everything, and I, I couldn't find it, and I could feel it crawling in my pants. Oh, oh that, is, yeah. that is so unfortunate. Well, it was really unfortunate when it started stinging me because oh, I, oh. I, I dropped my pants right in the middle of the road. Wait, hold on. Let's back up. You're driving the truck, the Wasp Hornet. Yellow jacket? What was it? Was it? A yellow jacket. Yellow jacket. Yeah. Off the mirror, down the back of your shirt, into your pants. Yes, and very angry. At what point did you stop the truck and get out? Immediately. Like as soon as it was in your shirt? Yeah. All right. So I, you're... I felt it go down my back, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, you're there in the middle of the road. Uh, the yellow jacket is in your pants and begins biting, uh, how do I put this, in the front of the back? Uh, well, it started in the back. Wow. <laughs> working, his way, working his way around, was he? Yeah, he was, and uh, so I, you know, I went sans clothes immediately, and I'm jumping up and down like in the middle. Of, you're like that guy in Kennewick who was nude, like chasing a truck. So you're in the oh, middle like, of the road, taking off your pants. Yeah, and it's a country road, so that you know, when I first stopped, there wasn't anybody around. But you know, by the time I found him, you know, searching in my drawers and dropping my pants and everything. There's a uh, house frau with an entire carload of kids. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, so she's driving uh, down the road, and she sees, you know, hey, look away from the man with, the, with his tackle on. So you're there, oh, no. your pants no, off. No, they weren't looking away. They were pointing and laughing. That's fantastic. Yeah, we, it was great. You know, you, you brought a little bit of, uh, a little bit of humor uh, and brightness into their day is okay. what you did there. So how many – I mean, here's a dumb question. I don't think I've ever been stung by a yellow jacket. B, yes, but I think a wasp once – uh, I mean, is that like a like it swells up, or is it just hurt? I mean, what's the deal with that? It's violently and repeatedly. You'll lose count. Oh, violently and repeatedly. Nothing yeah. that's done violently and repeatedly is ever good. You mark my words on that. Wow. No, no, never been the same. Was it the? I mean, that'll yeah, that'll let, that'll let you know the power of nature right there. That's like yeah, one of those when animals attack kind of thing. Another good reason to have air conditioning. Seriously. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Fantastic. All right. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy five zero three. Uh, 733-2970. Um, oh, Susan Reynolds weighs in. I forgot about this. You know, the funny, the funny fish? Blowfish. Blowfish crackers. That's kind of funny. That is. All right. Uh, let's see. What am I, uh, what are we doing here? Um. Maybe you can make it like a joint package, like blowfish and suckerfish crackers. Maybe. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. How can I help you? Hey, I was going to tell you guys that uh, story that Tim brought up down in Douglas County about the rats. Yes. My uncle, actually, he drives UPS, and that house is on his route. Really? The the rat house? The rat house, yeah. I mean, rats are just, rats are weird. I mean, they're just, you know, there's mice, and there's hamsters, and there's gerbils, and rats, there's just, there's something strange about them. They just put off the, you know, here's the, here's the thing about rats. Uh, uh, the thing about rats, as opposed to I think a lot of other animals, is you. I think don't you get the sense if you've ever been around a rat, especially a size one, that they just don't care. Like they're not afraid of you. They don't, you know. And it's like they and rats, unlike a lot of animals, they will sort of have that that vibe. Like this is my territory. I've staked it out. You are encroaching. I might you know stay away or I'll bite your bite your ankle. I mean, rats. They're. It seems like they're very aggressive and territorial. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the thing about that was is he told – I had heard about this at Christmas when I went down there, and this has been going on for years. Like this is two years running. So he said 
it eventually got to where it first started where he'd come up to the door and he'd kind of notice the smell. And then it eventually got bad enough to where he would pull up to the driveway. Wow. And you could smell it. And there's holes literally coming through from the inside of the house to the outside of the house. That's where the rats had just decided. They just started They just started taking that house apart at yeah. some point. They oh. just tore it up, I guess. So and then oh. he'd walk up to the door. I guess the last time he delivered a package there, he walked up to the door, um, rang the doorbell, and they opened and said there's just rat feces all over the place. And he literally saw probably about 20 or 30 rats oh. run across. That's the entrance. That's them. And see, and I think, again, in a place like that where you get the, the rats, they reach a sort of critical mass where they realize that they're running the joint. Like, yeah. they, they, they realize that they are in control of that property. Oh, that's so creepy. All right, thank yeah, you. Most definitely. Thank you. Right, there you go. I'm surprised the rats opened the door. I mean, but when he, when he said, when he got to that thing, he's like, and then finally one day he opened the door in my head. I'm totally picturing the door opens and it's like a rat in like a bad human disguise, like wearing like a nightshirt. Serious? I was just gonna say exactly wearing like a pink nightgown and like a pince-nez spectacle. I'm a day sleeper. Hello? Um, no, just uh, leave, leave the package on the porch. Thank you. <laughs> Shutting the door. It's like that. Uh, it's like that Stephen King story, Graveyard Shift, uh, which is clearly one of those weird ideas that Stephen King got in his head and just it didn't make a full novel and they made a terrible movie out of it but it was just it clearly is just one horrific idea that stephen king had in his head and he decided to write about it and it's where it's just a whole story about a guy who gets lowered down into the subterranean uh basement thing underneath a building where it's filled with thousands of rats and it's just a story about the guy who has to go out and clean has to go down there and clean out thousands of rats Ugh. it's just so it's so creepy it's so terrifying uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hello. Hi, Rick. What's up? Um, I was wondering if you knew who uh, uh, the daughter of uh, Jane Mansfield was. It's that Mariska Hargitay right, woman, right? right? She's on the, what the hell is she on, Law & Order? Law & Order SVU. Yeah, uh, she's hot. And, she uh, is. And uh, she's hot and has crazy eyes, too. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. I'll have to look the next She time. does. She has, uh, I mean, she's a very attractive woman, good actress. She looks nuts. Uh, she has that weird sort of like, you know, I'm just walking around one day from a nervous collapse uh, kind of look on her face, which is sort of sexy. Well, you know, she was in the car. Well, all the kids were in the car that night. Oh, that oh, explains it. Well, that'll that. give you crazy really? eyes. Oh, God, and, yeah. and crazy brain and crazy everything else. Okay, Rick, have a good day. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mariska Hargitay. Yeah, was, I didn't realize she was in the car. Yeah, the kids were in the car. Oh, yeah, that'll totally make you. That'll that'll, that'll make you nutty. Uh, all right, it's 125. Lots to do still today. This show is powering by. It, is, it really by. is. Hey, hey, speaking of dentistry, I, I meant to read you this thing. Yeah. Uh, I got this from the state of Oregon. From the State of Oregon Board of Dentistry. Uh, let's see here. News advisory. Oregon, this is, I'm just reading this press release as it was written uh, from the State of Oregon Board of Dentistry. And what an exciting group of individuals that must be. Uh, Oregon Board of Dentistry continues to protect Oregon citizens. Dateline Portland. Are they arming all dentists? <laughs> from now on, all dentists will have guns and pitchforks. Dateline Portland. I'm just going to read this press release as it's written. A night watchman trusted to provide security to a local dental office was not doing his job. Instead of guarding the office, he was stealing dental instruments and nitrous oxide. In addition to taking those items, he was also ordering dental supplies and equipment on the Internet. Mr. Scott Edward Hansen of Portland admitted to police that he was participating in these thefts and that he was cleaning family and friends' teeth for free. Mr. Hansen had no formal dental education or training, and he had never been issued a license to practice dentistry. 
of all of the things that you would let someone do to you for free, the idea that somebody's going to be... Look, I've gone to a dentist where you can see the degrees hanging on the wall behind the chair, and it still feels like they're going up inside your gums uh, with like a, like, a, like a ditch digger. You know what I mean? Like one of those post hole things. Um... Let's see. The mission of the Oregon Board of Dentistry is to provide, protect the public. This is the necessary blah, 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 blah. Uh, anyway, so there you go. So apparently there's some guy running or who had been running around Portland, you know, like like jacking up people's teeth uh, without, any, uh, without any license. So there you go. Here's Tim Riley. Well, two men are under arrest after the NYPD found dozens of caged birds in a Brooklyn home. Apparently there's cockfighting going on in New York City, and it must be stopped. Police found steroids, syringes, thousands of dollars in cash, and other evidence that concluded that roosters are being bred in New York City to fight. Neighbors say some of the people were afraid of these birds. They were concerned about the roosters uh, attacking them. Um, you know, obviously these were fighting roosters, you know. These roosters had claws on them. This woman is upset that these birds are mistreated. I think it's animal abuse, and I think it's sad that they would do that behind people's backs. Meanwhile, the... Mayor of Detroit is going to jail. I mean, seriously. What would be the use of it? And who else would want to be the mayor of Detroit? I mean, is there much difference? Be well, I mean, you know. I mean, if I were the mayor of Detroit, I would welcome this. I'm I mean, probably safer. I was just going to walking outside to get my car I, after a day of work. I was actually just going to say, is there much difference between uh, walking the streets of Detroit? And really, I mean, at least in prison, you're behind bars where there's a finite number of people who can kill you. So apparently he uh, violated the probation that he was on, and he told the judge it won't happen again. John, I'm asking for, you know, your forgiveness. Uh, it will never happen again. I said that, my lawyer said that at the bond hearing last time. This was before that time. It will never, ever happen again. So the judge says you weren't even given a second chance and a third chance. A week ago we had a violation for another reason, and at that time I made it perfectly clear. We um, said to um, Mr. Parkman and Mr. Thomas, don't come back. What, what kind of, really, what is wrong with your city where your mayor is on probation and parole for something? Well, he's one of the better candidates. <laughs> I suppose it's all relative. Uh, all right. uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Is this me? Yes, it is, sir. Hello. Hi. Oh. <laughs> What's up? Well, speaking about uh, mayors on uh, probation and in jail, uh, I used to live in Washington, D.C., where I'm uh, Mary and Barry, but uh, you were talking about rats, and uh, I learned very quickly over there, uh, you know, they have huge rats, and you, like, turn down a dark alley at night, and... Uh, very, you know, you wish there would be some other bad characters in the alley besides the rat. I mean, I mean, you always hear the story that it's a rat the size of a dog or whatever. And, you know, but it's like a rat, they don't have to be that big to be sort of terrifying again because they're just, because they're so unpredictable and they are very aggressive. And I mean, they look so disease-filled. That's one, the yeah. thing. And it's like, they, don't, they don't run. I mean, they're like, no. they're, you, you charge a rat and it's just going to charge right back. It doesn't care. Well, they kind of look at you like, well, what are you doing in my alley? Seriously, <laughs> like, get, like, get out or I'll kick your ass. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Despite the fact that seven-year-old Jack Anderson carries a Kermit the Frog stuffed toy and is missing his two front teeth, he's being flagged as a terrorist every time his mom tries to get aboard an airline and usually denied a seat. Jack's mother, Christine, say the years of dealing with red tape and trying to unravel the terrorist tag assigned to her son's name has proved so far to be very unsuccessful. 
I've sent in uh, three birth certificates so far. The first two years, it was really hard to find out how to get them off. I mean, the, I got comments from TSA agents at the airport like, good luck with that. She had to explain to her son exactly what a terrorist is. I tried to explain to him that a terrorist is somebody who inflicts terror. He was a bad person. I said, exactly. And his big thing was he asked, why, why do they think I am? And I said, honey, I don't really think that they think you are. And he goes, but I'm on their list. It's bad for his self-esteem. Wait, is, what is his name? Jack Anderson? Yes. Oh, you know why that is. Mm -hmm. You know why he's on the terror list. Let's not, let's not be coy. Let's not, uh, let's not be willfully obtuse here. All right, here's Tim Riley. Let's have a Britney watch. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I know. I we never got to it. Here's your Britney watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Britney Spears has been uh, lined up to play a killer lesbian stripper in the Quentin Tarantino movie. The singer was apparently chosen by the Pulp Fiction director to play dancer Vala in the remake of the 1965 cult film Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. The movie sees uh, three thrill-seeking strippers encountering a young couple <laughs> in the desert. That's so great. Spears' character murders the boyfriend with her bare hands before taking the girlfriend hostage. The trouble singer will also have sex scenes with another girl before the drama ends in a bloodbath. Now, has Britney Spears' camp, I'm sorry, before it ends in a bloodbath? Mm -hmm. uh, has anybody, uh, like, has her camp confirmed this? Or, like, from, no. from where is this story coming? This is coming from Sarah Napton, whoever she is. But, I mean... She writes for the Telegraph of the U.K. Oh, well, so there's, what do you say, like, maybe a 60% chance it's yeah. true? Mm -hmm. All right. So this is a remake of Faster Pussycat Kill Kill? Yes. That's fantastic. Uh, it's going to be genius. So, it's, I mean, I guess, you know, one could argue that there's not much reason to remake Faster Pussycat Kill Kill because it's gold, because it's, because it's perfect the way it is. Uh, it's, uh, and if you haven't seen Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, you, you really ought to. Uh, Russ Meyer made that one of the many Russ Meyer films that you can find a lot of play. Uh, you know, CD Game Exchange can order that for you. If you want to add that, the movie man has got a whole section. Uh, I think they've got a whole section just called Russ Meyer. And if you've ever seen a Russ Meyer film, Sarah, you really ought to. They're, they're fantastic. Um, I don't think I have, but it's weird. I just heard that name referenced in something I've recently watched. Uh, Russ Meyer, he was a man with a vision. Let's put it that way. Uh, he, he was a man with a dream and with a very... Russ Meyer knew what he liked in movies. Uh, he didn't try to branch out, didn't try to be too hip for the room. Didn't try to like uh, become all arty. Uh, Russ Meyer movies, all uh, uh, here's what every Russ Meyer movie is. Did you see that? Did you see Grindhouse, the Tarantino Rodriguez thing? No, I never saw it. Uh, okay, uh, every Russ Meyer for the people who've seen seen that, you've seen the, the Death Proof, which is the, the the Tarantino part of that. Every Russ Meyer film is the same thing. It is a handful of badass, violent, massively well endowed women who get revenge on a group of guys and usually stomp them to death at the end. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, that, Like big-breasted Amazonian women? But, I mean, like, full-on, I mean, we're talking, like, 
like like G or F or whatever cups. I mean, huge. I mean, he had. I mean, this is not not a big secret. I mean, he had a he had a fetish. Size boobs. Exactly. Uh, and of course, it was back. It was you know back in the day, so they're all real. I mean, there's none of those. They're not the, the the implants. He would find like there was this woman named um, God, what was her name? Tora Satana, I think was was the name she she went under. And Tora Satana was a burlesque, uh, 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 you know, she was a stripper. And then I think I think Tora Satana's in Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, but I might be wrong about that. Wait, let me look. Here we go. Tora Satana. Um, I'm looking at his Wikipedia entry right now. Um, and it's, there's actually a whole section in his Wikipedia entry called Breast Fixation. Uh, so yeah, so she, yeah, that's right. She she is Varla. So that's so that's the see, but that just seems wrong. That Britney Spears is going to be playing uh, going to be playing her role in Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. It seems I know this sounds like a dumb guy thing to say, but really it seems in defiance of Russ Meyer's vision uh, to put Britney Spears in this movie because Russ Meyer films are about blood and they're about boobs and that's it. Well, someone just sent me a story saying that it's been debunked and it's not happening. Really? That he's that Quentin Tarantino's. Uh, Busy working on something else. Well, he's he's doing that World War II movie right now. But I mean, but who? But really, who knows? I mean, the Tarantino's just so weird. You can never tell what that guy's doing. Uh, but he also, uh, you know, he he made this movie called Mondo Topless, which is the same thing. But I mean, it's it, it, his movies were really almost they were almost artistic and 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 beautiful in just their ridiculous simplicity, and it would just be about uh, about eighty five minutes. Of these incredibly well endowed women, uh, just sort of going around like running into a bad group of guys, and then at the end the women would all have their revenge, mm-hmm. and it would be like a lot of and the, and the narration for the trailer was always a lot of like Hellcats in heels, abused, defiled. Now they get their revenge. It's like you know machete. It's all they're all just like mm-hmm. that. So I mean it's just it's, it's really really quite wonderful. Because I've heard people referencing, like, oh, it's like something out of a Russ Meyer film, and I've always heard that. Exactly. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, there you go. So there's your uh, there's your Britney watch. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back after this. More from Tim Riley as the news train rolls on. Uh, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Later on, uh, Timmy Ryan. Uh, let's see. High Concept Thursday. We're counting down also to 888, which happens uh, 24 and a half hours from now. Tomorrow, 2 p.m., 888. As we try to get every radio, every set of speakers, every web stream, every everything uh, tuned to this very fine radio broadcast. That is the Emerson Address tomorrow, 888. Find out more at 970.am. Back after this, The Rick Emerson Show. Kind of, you know, what, what are my choices for bread? And she said, white wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. And clearly she had it hold down to like a whole David Mamet-esque like flow. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. What are my choices for bread? 
White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. 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 What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The Rick Emerson radio program. This song is so great. It's I a love, great song. I've loved this since I was little. Uh, well, this is anticlimactic. Hold on a second. Hey, Richie, so what does that mean? Does that mean today or tomorrow? Tomorrow, uh, 1.35. All right, so after all this, we have no Dorothy Garcisari because, but here's the thing, we'll allow it because Richie says she is deep in a story right now. That Ooh, sounds that's exciting. Intense. So tomorrow, 1.35, uh, Dorothy Carcassari for the National Enquirer. Well, good. More time for news. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Let's see here. Uh, tomorrow, 888, by the way. The Emerson Address happening at 2 p.m. Uh, we'll get calls here in a second. This Rick. My husband's birthday is Friday, August 8, 888. He recently learned from his mother he was born at 08 a.m., uh, I'm happy to hear about your plans for the 8th, getting the world to tune into your radio program. Count me in for that huge moment. However, I can't fight this feeling uh, that I must strive to do a bit more for my husband on his birthday. Do you have any ideas at all about what's going on in Portland tomorrow? Uh, any other great ideas about something special I can do for him? Please help me. I'm relying on your expertise. Always a, that's, always a, that's always a foolish thing to do. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Please ask your audience to help. Uh, so I guess so. the deal is I guess he's going to be... Wait, so he was born... Well, it doesn't say when, but he was born on he was born on Friday, August eighth, at eight after whatever, blah blah blah. So, I don't know. Uh, he doesn't say how old he is, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea what what what. I I am of no help on this. This is from um, Kathleen. There's a roller derby going on on Saturday. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, Kathleen. So it's not Friday, but it's Saturday. Here and my upstairs neighbor's going to be doing it. Uh, fun. So there you go. So you could take That's him. It's going to be upstairs of your apartment. No. <laughs> no, no, she lives no, she's upstairs. A, yeah, she's oh. a derby girl, though. I hear her rolling around sometimes. All right, Kathleen, you could take him to the roller derby on Saturday. Granted, this is no help because the, you're asking about Friday, and we're not. Fail, fail, fail. Shouldn't you have, like, prepared something fail. to say before you read that? Well, no, but, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, she's asking me, and I have no idea. She says, if you can't, what did she say? Uh, she said, if you can't help, please ask your uh, audience to step up. Well, I, I cannot help. Uh, well, we might get a couple of calls, and I have nothing. Uh, so, you, really, if you're asking me about social events or how to spend an evening on the town, really, you are unbelievably misguided. I mean, God bless you for listening, but that's uh, you've chosen poorly. It's 503-733-2970. I'm looking at the front of the Oregonian here to see how we live section. First of all, are, are you, did you see the cover of the, the living section? It's just nothing but insects that bite you. Mm-hmm. Like, huge. Look at that. Look at the size of that mosquito. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, here we go. Mosquitoes, ticks, wasps, bees, horse, de- uh, horse flies, deer flies, ants, hobo spiders, black widow spiders, 
Why would they think this sells newspapers? Who wants it? You know what? I want to. I want to spend however much the Oregonian costs now for a giant hobo spider. Seriously, and like it doesn't really help you because by the time a giant insect's on you, it's usually too late. It's not oh, like, oh, I better not let that spider. Let me touch find me. the Oregonian. Uh, you know, here I thought a horse fly. I thought it was just a figure of speech, like a horse pill. I thought that was just kind of a big fly. As a horse fly, an actual specific kind of fly. It is. Oh wait, here we go. Horse flies. Vicious, painful biters. They cut the skin with sharp blades. This is the worst thing I've ever read. Listen to how horrifying this is about horse, horse flies and deer flies. Vicious, painful biters. They, wait, this really requires music. Hold on a second, and we'll just do this. This is uh, we'll uh, we'll have this playing the. Uh... Vicious, painful biters. Here's the worst phrase you're gonna hear all day. They cut the skin with sharp. Just so gross. This is a horse fly? Horse flies and deer flies. Now I'm all itchy. They cut the skin with, brace yourselves, sharp, blade-like mouth parts and lap up the blood. Mouth parts? Blade-like mouth parts and lap up the blood. Stop it, Rick. Sorry. Can't they be retrained? Around it. They're put into a different environment. Horse Well, they're not horses. They're flies. But still. I don't think you can train flies. Uh, they transmit diseases and blah, 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 blah. When you're at risk, warm, windless days bring on swarms of horse flies. They're drawn to movement and carbon dioxide in your exhaled breath. You are all at risk. Stay. It literally says to avoid. Literally, it says stay indoors. <laughs> so there you go. Thanks for helping. Thanks, Always. Oregonian. Thanks so much. That's uh, I pretty much do anyway. The front line of news. I'm covered. Mm -hmm. And right below this, by the way, this is fantastic. Right below this, here's another big story. I swear to God, the headline of this: more bad news for overweight kids. As an antidote to all that great news for overweight kids, you're popular and get laid constantly. But there is a downside. Uh, we'll do some news in a second. This. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up? Hey, Rick, is this me? Yeah, uh, yes, it is, sir. Hello. Hey, uh, I was curious if you guys had heard Gordon Sapway at all yesterday talking about Sarah. Oh, well, they're on vacation. Well, I like where this is going. Uh, speaking of which, your face is kind of glittery today. You have glitter on? No, I have no makeup on. Right. No, it's What's from it? yesterday. Well, you look stunning, though. Oh. Uh, well, they're on vacation, so... Um, oh, so was it something old that I heard then? Well, is this oh, something that's going to irritate us? Um, I don't think so. Maybe a little bit. I'm not sure. Well, it's a best it, of, it would... and, uh, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, probably complimentary. I mean, it's been a long, long, long time ago. We had a, a short misunderstanding with those guys when we first came here. And we've put it behind us because we're team players, and we <laughs> like, and everybody needs to, here at CBS, we're big, I say this for the record, we're big believers that everybody should be rowing in the same direction. Uh, right. So we, uh, we're big fans of those guys and whatever. But what were they saying about Sarah, if I can ask? There was something about a taxi driver that Sarah had given her card to, and he called, and she never called back or something like that. Byron was on the show as well. It was all no, 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 no. See, now they're, they're, they're con no, here's what he's, they're talking about. Well, this is weird because they're on vacation. So Sarah, taxi driver, never called back. Wasn't that the story we had from Coin? Wasn't her name Sarah? Sarah Sack? Oh, was that it? I don't know. They, they made it sound like... Wait, it hold, a... hold on a second. Just, let, just give me one second. Let me just, let, let me play something here. Uh, let's see. Just don't, don't go anywhere. Uh, I've got this, uh, I've got this right here. Don't go anywhere. A woman says she was the target of an angry phone call by a cab driver, a call 
that frightened her. And welcome to Coin News 6 at 11. I'm Jeff Gianola. And I'm Kelly Day. Thanks for joining us on this Friday night. New at 11 now, a Northeast Portland woman says she was cussed out by a cab driver while on the phone early this morning. Coin News 6 reporter Cor Harlan is live downtown Portland tonight. <laughs> for no reason. So what did he actually say? Didn't you actually say in the story? Well, you know, I forgot. You know, I didn't realize. It, it, we'll get back to you in just one moment, sir. They actually say in the story it happened in Northeast Portland, and yet they say he's standing downtown. That's uh, random. Makes no sense. All right, we'll just go ahead and we'll <laughs> hold on. Sarah Sackett of Northeast Portland. Sarah Sackett. Cab driver used two of those words you can never say on television, and he used them repeatedly, berating Sarah after driving to the wrong address to pick her up this morning. She has no idea why the cab driver unloaded on her, but the call, she says, simply terrified her. Wait for it. The phone call that Sarah Sackett made before 6 o'clock this morning was for a cab ride to work. She waited near the corner of MLK in Killingsworth. No cab. She called the cab company, which had sent its driver to the wrong address. Then Sarah says she got a call from who Sarah believes was the driver of the cab calling on a private number. It's a phone call that Sarah says she'll never forget. You said it was you. <laughs> How dare you me to the wrong location? Yeah. You did that. You I should kind of know where you are now. I should punch you in the. <laughs> now, does that sound at all like the story Court and Fatboy were talking about? No, not at all. Actually, the the taxi driver actually sounded like something they've had on there quite a few times. Um, so I gave yeah. some guy my card. I don't yeah, understand. Uh, I don't have a card. It seems like this is almost pointless to discuss because they're on vacation, so you were listening to a rerun. Right. But they I, were. Yeah, I just flicked it on. Yeah. No, I've lost interest in this almost immediately. <laughs> no worries. I'm hey, sorry, one more sir. thing, real quick. Yeah. Thank you for recommending Youth in Revolt. I'm about halfway through it, and that book is hilarious. Excellent. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Avoid the sequels. Oh, I will. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, sir. All right, there you go. There's that guy. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Thanks. you know what? You could su suggest to the lady for her to do with her husband tomorrow. Uh, the Bite mm. of Oregon starts tomorrow. Is that true? Uh-huh. All right, there you go. Bite there of Oregon. Go. Bite of Oregon Friday. Is that Roll the park? Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, it's downtown at the waterfront. Uh, let's see. Um, ba 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 Yeah, uh, Oregon Air Show. Is the Oregon Air Show happening? I believe so, pretty soon. Roller Derby and apparently a crawfish festival is happening on Saturday. So there you go. Nothing says I love you like crawfish. Or is it crayfish? Is one just sort of a, a dialectical... No, they're two different kinds of fish. It is cray and crawfish. You're making that up. Cray and crawfish are two different things? Yes. What's the difference? I don't know. I'm not a connoisseur of fish, but I do know they're two different kinds of fish. All right. Thanks for the warning on the air show. You remember what happened last time? What was the time before last? Oh, yeah, that was a couple times ago. Yeah. It is the safest air show. It is. It's still safer than driving to the store, Tim. Mm. What next? I don't know. Uh, so here's what we got. It's five minutes to two. Uh, Timmy Ryan's going to step in in a while, and Sarah and I will grudgingly read this proclamation that he's the healthiest person we know. Blah, blah, blah. Now, is that what the, what the speech is about? I don't know. I haven't read it. We agreed to read it. We'll see. Apparently, he's bringing music to be played underneath it as well, so it's going to be fun for everybody, I'm sure. Uh, we'll talk to Timmy Ryan. Also, Kristen Bowie, uh, don't forget their new program, Musicology. Uh, live and local discussion of music and its culture uh, debuts this coming Sunday, 7 to 9 p.m., right here on this very radio station, ladies and gentlemen, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, Sundays, right here on AM 970, Musicology with Timmy Ryan and Kristen Bowie, a, uh, a spirited and wide-ranging uh, discussion of music and uh, love of same. So there you go. All right, here's Tim Riley. 
I hope it's a civil discussion. No, it's a, you know I I think it's going to be passionate, but I think it's going to be you know what the, the, she's going to tear Timmy's eyeballs out already. Well, it hasn't happened yet. I do believe. I shouldn't even say this. I do believe... It won't happen. Well, I think that there is... Here's the thing. It, it, it just a little bit well, of backup. Well, and Kristen are friends. I mean, they hang out and go out together yeah. and stuff. And there's going to be some other folks contributing. Adam from the Pimp Squad, our good friend James, is going to be contributing. So it's going to be... I will say this. Um, you know, both of them. I mean, Kristen and, and Timmy, dude, Timmy just Timmy knows like an F-load about music. He really does. It's, it's kind of staggering, actually, for a guy who's not even 30, how much he knows about music that was made 50 years before he was born. It's... It's kind of weird, um, but uh, you know. But we we've, we've had like when those guys have filled in, we've had some big discussions about music, and I think I think it's going to be good. Uh, so it's going to be you know, it's a show. I think I mean I'm saying I'm speaking for them here, but I it's a show. I think very much for the, like those high fidelity guys, you know, like those guys in the movie or the book High Fidelity, the John Cusack, Jack Black, and the other guy, you know, who sit around talking about. You know, uh, just the top five this or, you know, uh, you know, Morrissey versus Johnny Marr or, uh, you know, most overrated guitar solos or whatever. I mean, this is, you know, it's a show just for, for those folks. Uh, I do believe maybe I shouldn't tip the hand too much. I do believe there's going to be a feature on musicology, though, called Kick Timmy Ryan's Ass. I'm fairly sure uh, that they're in fact. Let me just let me check really quickly. I think I think I may actually have. Let's see if I have this. Ah, uh, here we go. Let's see what this... And now, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to kick Timmy Ryan's ass. There you go. I don't know what that means, what it's going to be in the context of the show, uh, but th that that alone ought, ought to be enough to get you to tune in. So that is uh, Musicology uh, with Timmy Ryan and Kristen Bowie uh, coming up uh, coming up this Sunday. What? Richie, who? Richie, who is this on the warm line? Uh, it's Liz. She wants to talk to Sarah. Liz from CNN. Okay. Wants to talk to Sarah. All right. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's talk to Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Police and firefighters were called to the University of Texas today after 26 cheerleaders got stuck in an elevator. They were going to the Texas cheer camp in Austin, and the gals decided to find out how many of them they could squeeze into an elevator. Well, they got from the fourth floor to the first, but then the doors refused to open. The panic girls managed to wiggle a few cell phones free and call for help. Take about 25 minutes for the repairman to come fix the door. It's dangerous, actually, says the director of communications for the University of Texas. We're lucky that's all that happened. So this is going to happen. Wait, so this is the 20, this is 26 cheerleaders in an elevator. Stuck in an elevator. They tried to find out how many they could cram inside. They found out. Apparently the answer is 25. Uh, uh, one fainted. All right, so uh, so I guess this is either really funny or stupid or sexy. I can't really tell. Well, the signs are posted everywhere, say the university. No more than 15 people or 3,000 pounds. Didn't they used to, you know, in America, that means a whole day. Didn't they used to do it with phone booths? Didn't co-eds used to jam themselves into phone booths? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. It's the sort of fun that's been regulated out of business by liberals, Tim. Put themselves in the goldfish or yeah. phone booths and things like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here's a good question. Rick. Do you suppose that Gustav's waitress knows the radio phenomenon she's created? Somebody should track her down and find out her reaction to it. That's a great idea. That is. That's like how the BBC tried to track down that girl that they wrote common people about, uh, that Pulp wrote common people about. They were unsuccessful, by the way. Do you remember what the girl looked like? At Gustav's? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I get myself into, into trouble here guessing. But I would say maybe mid, uh, early to mid-30s. Uh, I think long, blondish hair, sort of. A lot of body to it, kind of, you know, curly or whatever. Uh, you know, not straight. 
Uh, so sort of, I want to say fluffy, but that's a stupid word. But you know what I mean. It's sort of. Did she say it with that same inflection, the white wheat sourdough English? She said it exactly like that. She said it exactly like that. And I, could, I don't even, I don't have my date planner in front of me, or I could tell you the actual date because it was, it was the day. It was a Thursday morning, and it was the day that I was flying out of PDX to go to San Diego to have that little, just a weekend in San Diego with my wife. And I'm sitting there at the airport, and at the Gustavs, and I'm having their uh, whatever, something with like ham and a thing. And she says, uh, you know, well, what, what, you know, what kind of toast or whatever do you want with that? And I said, what are my choices for bread? Because you know how sometimes I sort of, I sort of overtalk, like I try to be sort of funny, and I'm like, you know, well, ma'am, what are my options on this fun? You know, I try to be sort of flowery and Cookie, yeah. stupid. Uh, under the under the, the really mis, under the illusion that waitresses find it uh, sexy, which they don't. And I said, what are my options for bread? And she said. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. White and, wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. Yes, and I actually and I said and I was sort of taken by it and I, I had her say it again. What? Are my choices for bread? What? You're what are my <laughs> for bread? And she said white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. Exactly. Uh, on case of the Portland, and I was and I and I and, you know I made a little note to myself. Oh, that's pretty cool. And so then I'm sitting there and I'm reading. Um, I remember what the hell I was reading? I was reading something or other? Reading some magazine. And so I'm waiting and I'm drinking my coffee, uh, reading my magazine waiting for, you know, my breakfast to come. And she's sitting, and then she's taking the order of a guy at a table like 10 feet from me. And he he orders like some other breakfast. And and he, you know, and she's like, you know, do you, you know, what do you want for toast? And he's like, well, what, you know, what what do I have? And she's, you know, and she said the whole thing again. And it, I immediately opened up my tape on it. I wrote it down. I'm like, waitress at Gustav's has best flow ever. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. Bam. Wrote it down, forgot about it, came back and talked about it on Monday. And that sort of begat the whole thing. Uh, so I, I do sort of wonder, as I say like a thousand times a month, we really ought to be backbilling Gustav's for that. And it does seem like it could be a viral thing because it just people get it stuck in their heads. I get it stuck in my head. So uh, at some I get point... I stuck in my head in the middle of the night sometimes. At some point, we should just call Gustav's at PDX and just say, like, do you have a waitress that says it in exactly... Because you got to figure they don't all say it the same way, right? I mean, they probably don't. Somebody else might say... Uh, you know, sourdough, English muffin, bagel, white, wheat, whatever. Somebody else might screw it up. So it, it might be pretty easy to find her. So, all right. Well, it's it's a thing to think about. Here, uh, still to come uh, in today's program, uh, Timmy Ryan, Kristen Bowie. Let's see what else. Oh, don't forget. Uh, we'll do some more news here. Don't forget Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing tonight, 5 p.m. We're going to be giving away tickets to Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, which screens. We have the Portland premiere of that brought to you by AM970 this coming Monday, 7 p.m. at Bridgeport 18. Star Wars The Clone Wars, brand new full-length animated adventure from Star Wars. Uh, that is this coming Monday, Bridgeport 18, 7 p.m. Uh, we're giving away tickets to that tonight. Tonight, that is tonight, Thursday night, at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing at 5 p.m. No purchase necessary, but when they're gone, they're gone. So you get to get there, walk in, look for the street team guy, say, hey, uh, clone me. They give you the tickets, good to go, maybe buy a book or two while you're there. Uh, uh, that is Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing at tonight, 5 p.m. And one final note before we do some more news. Uh, so 888 is coming up 24 hours from now. 24 hours from now, one day from now, uh, 24 hours, we'll be doing the Emerson Address uh, 23 hours and 58 minutes from now. Uh, but so we uh, we have created these sort of people have been asking sort of like, how can I spread the word? How can I tell people about it? And I will tell you this right now. I actually should have mentioned this earlier, but we'll say it today. And we'll say it all day tomorrow. You come by the station, which is at 2040 Southwest First. Uh, we are right here at 2040. Southwest First, if you've been to the KUFO building, it's the same one. 2040 Southwest First, you come to the front desk. Uh, Dave's in, the gatekeeper, whoever's up there. Uh, they got a, they got a bunch of uh, sort of 888, uh, the Emerson Address sort of placards, uh, small ones and, and bigger ones. Uh, you stop by, 
Just walk in off the street, 2040 Southwest 1st, uh, go right up to Dave's Inn, and there's a big stack of uh, 888 Emerson Address placards you can take. Uh, take them out, post them, stick them, hold them up, whatever it is. Uh, people have been asking how they can spread the word about that. Uh, the answer is come by the station anytime today or anytime tomorrow before 2 o'clock. Go right up to the front desk and uh, pick us up there right at the front. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. An Indian man who was knocked unconscious during a stampede of thousands of religious pilgrims on the steep uh, Himalayan mountainside woke up as doctors were uh, pre- uh, preparing to perform an autopsy on him. Mange <laughs> wow. Ram. Mange Ram. Lost consciousness in the stampede that killed 150 people. It was triggered by rumors of a landslide leading to a Hindu temple devoted to the goddess Nanya Divi. Are you making, is this just like, are you just reading me some Indiana Jones fanfic? No, this is true. Okay. Uh, he woke up at a hospital morgue in the northern oh. Indian state of Humachul Parkash. I will take places I don't want to wake up for a billion, Alex. When I woke up, I was in the middle of a row of dead bodies. Ah! Towering over the doctors and nursing staff at the hospital. This is not right. He looked dazed. It must have been a surprise to see a dead man come alive like you that. Think, okay, who do you think was more... Let's just take this right here. So they think he's dead. They stick him in a morgue, a bunch of dead bodies. He wakes up. Who do you think is more freaked out, him or the doctor? Well, the problem is, little was done to see if the victims of the stampede were still alive. Uh, they quite haphazardly dumped him into the back of trucks. Oh, God. Just oh, my God. Imagine waking up in there. the back of a truck in a pile of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Despite the huge loss of life, the pilgrimage continued only hours after the corpses had been cleared. So they are efficient. There is just no coming back from that. Waking up in a tangle of dead bodies is the worst thing ever. I'd rather eat a pound of salt. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. I mean, it can't be any picnic to be the doctor either. No. Although it sounds like their medical practice is a little bit slapdash, so maybe they sort of expect that kind of a thing. being killed in stampede. Seriously, he's sitting in the morgue and some guy sits up, hey, you know, that'll, that'll... You'll need some new pants after that. That'll miss you. That's freaky. All right. Well, step right up to be waterboarded at Coney Island. Any takers? Guantanamo waterboarding as a Coney Island sign show. That's uh, what's going on there. It's called Waterboard the Thrill Ride. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> it is just a stone throw from Coney Island's famed Cyclone Roller Coaster and Nathan's Hot Dog Stand. For a dollar... Uh, let's see. You get to look through a barred window Let me the Guantanamo... Yes? I'm sorry, go ahead. Apparently, this is enacted by animated robots. The hooded figure leans over a man in an orange jumpsuit, his face covered with a towel. It's done by robots? Mm-hmm. And is a body uh, tethered to a tilted plane. Waterboarding robots? Yes. Lights come on and water pours into the man's mouth and nose. Wow. It produces convulsions for 15 seconds. Who wouldn't want to try this? Jesus. Uh, this is in the middle of Brooklyn's decaying entertainment mecca. I... Okay. And what do they have to lose, really? I guess. Point? Well, I've never been. I, I will say this actually. Full disclosure: I've been to New York several times. I've never been to Coney Island. Uh, didn't you guys? You so say cool. it was a hole? No, it's. I mean, it's really neat. I've never been he- catcalled that much in my entire life, and it was scary. Like creepy construction workers following you. They were like, "Hey, lady." No, it's really neat. It's Tuts. weird. It felt like the set of Requiem for a Dream. Really? It, it feels. It's a really weird. Well, that I'm is. Totally, I'm totally going back again. That is where they it's filmed crazy. that sequence in in Requiem well, for a Dream. Was on his mom's TV. When he's pushing his TV <sighs> down the. It, it, it feels like. Oh it's my! You know, bring it back. And you see those yeah. these like derelict apartment buildings in the background, like these huge, tall buildings in this like abandoned carnival. It's that is weird. Coney Island. It is Coney Island, and I think it's also Coney Island, the pier that he sees her standing at. Oh wait, am I confusing that with Dark City or whatever that is? Well, whatever. But I think that's but that is Coney Island, I think, where Jared Leto is rolling that TV 
uh, down the uh, down the rickety boardwalk at Rider. It's like when you see those uh, documentaries about Ashbury Park, you know, or Springsteen's from where that place is just it's just a ghost town. Hey, I have a question for you, Sarah. You know stuff. Hmm. What are those things that you see places like Coney Island where it's like a big pole and the top is like a wheel? Like a like a wagon wheel. Kind of oh, a that's thing. a uh, that was the parachute jump. What what is that? It was when they um like they would have people up at the top of that little umbrella thing uh-huh. and they would uh, I believe either hang from it or jump off of it. It was like it was like a, like an amusement park ride. Yeah, it was kind of like a like a world. No, I, I think that it was professionals. Oh, like you would watch it. I think it was a show. Sort of like the thing where you'd watch the horse dive into the water or whatever. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. Actor Morgan Freeman has been released from a Memphis hospital. He and a female passenger were taken there by life flight late Sunday night after a serious car crash on a rain slick Mississippi highway near his Charleston home. I was driving down a rain. I can't do Morgan Freeman's voice. I wish I could narrate this whole story as Morgan Freeman. So they did uh, surgery on him Monday night and reconnected all his uh, disconnected nerves. Sometimes your nerves get disconnected. So they they were able to snap them back in place. I, I don't sound anything like Morgan Freeman. There was that great, as we've said, there's a Family Guy reference for everything. There's a Family Guy where Peter's just watching that movie, and it's just Morgan Freeman as the narrator. And it's just the whole movie is just, I like to just sit and talk about things. People seem to enjoy it. I'm looking out the window right now. An ice cream truck is driving by. I'm the narrator. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Nobody's going to come to Mr. Blackwell's funeral if he dies. How old is that guy? He's 85. He has a serious illness. Really? Mm-hmm. So he, maybe he can't talk. That would be a good thing. Is he dying from an advanced, an advanced case of, uh, of, uh, of malignant cattiness? Probably. you got to hand it to him, though. He only does one thing a year. Who is he? Mr. Blackwell. I know. His name is Richard. I'm stopping this now. But I'm saying, is he a completely self-styled Fashion critic. In other words, has he ever done? I'm like the billionth person to ask this, probably. But has he ever done anything in the fashion industry that would give him these credentials, or did he just? And this is an all-American thing. Did he just anoint himself? Probably anointed. Himself. Like giving yourself a nickname. Did he just give himself? He is sort someone of, from another era. I mean, he really is too. I mean, he's uh, he's something else, man. He's, he's weird. He's been around since the late 1950s, so he's kind of like a holdover. You find him creepy. Yes. I find Mr. Blackwell really creepy. It's impossible to imagine Mr. or Mrs. Blackwell. I can't... I don't even know what he looks like. Oh, my gosh. His real name is Richard Seltzer. (laughs) Of course it is. Richard Seltzer. Of course it is. (laughs) Well, because you can't really be like... You you can't really... Fashion critic Richard Seltzer had this to say. Uh, You can't read... No, you can't... You you can't really be that guy. You're like, oi, oh, you're wearing stripes and... He's, He's a former child actor, an artist... Yeah, I can't. No, you see him now, and he's just got. He looks like Liberace sort of did at the later end of his. He's just a full-on plastic face. Yeah, Mr. Blackwell's weird. I find him. I dislike him. All right, he's my sworn enemy. And you know who else isn't qualified to do what she's doing is Kate Jackson. She's she's on that show on Bravo where they're they're criticizing people's haircuts. Oh, is that an entire show? Is it like a what not to wear on your head show? Yeah, it's, it's a show cutting, where they criticize your haircut. Well, they're cutting hair. It's called Sheer Genius. But I mean, it's a hair cutting competition. Is it, last night they were cutting dog's hair. Are we running out of ideas? I know that everybody says this, but come on. But I, she she looks better now than she did on Charlie. Well, that's a lo- that's a lot of plastic surgery. That is. I mean, that's like they pulled her skin so far back <laughs> that she can barely open up her mouth all the way. You know who Wait, else? Are you talking about the hair cutting show? Yeah. It is the worst thing. No, I've but ever is seen. it is it like what not to wear? But it's haircuts. It's yeah. so boring and stupid. What's well, a show about their cut? Sometimes well, I, thought, I just like, cut hair. No, they had to pair off into teams, and each of them were um, given a Charlie's Angels hairstyle that they had oh, to God. give their model. 
And well, uh, it's, it's work. It I mean, and then the guy out there, the guy out there had plastic surgery to uh, make him not be an Asian anymore. <laughs> what? Yeah, he is actually an Asian, but doesn't look Asian but at all. But in what sense? In the uh, a lightening of the skin, or he had uh, a re. I mean, he he has like a plastic face, like Kate Jackson. He is the male equivalent. The Kate Jackson plastic surgery. And is it just sort of his his features that they remade? Yeah. Or weird. He, he looks completely plastic. That's really bizarre. Mm -hmm. Like a puppet. <laughs> and he's the other judge. On he's a show. puppet made I of can't skin. I remember what he looks like. I All lost right. interest. I was I I can usually watch anything, and that was mm. just too bad. A puppet made of skin. Yes, exactly. Can I tell he's you a puppet made of skin? You know, can I tell you, Lars, the funniest thing? And I I talk a lot about this uh, this place. There's laundry around where I go. I take my laundry to be done. And I was um. And I was lamenting the fact that you know, cause, you know, I don't mind paying for it, but it's you know, it's a little pricey because I get it starched and everything. You know, it's, it's Some a, people like it that. No, it's, you know, I said it's you know what it is. I'm not complaining as such. I mean, I gladly pay for the service because I hate doing laundry, especially like I'll do pants and stuff like that, but like shirts, like button-down shirts, I hate it. In fact, I'm a day late, which is why I'm wearing a t-shirt today because I'm a day late and I have literally. Because I have nothing to wear. I literally have nothing to wear. Nothing. I had to do my laundry yesterday afternoon because I had nothing. The one? Is that Mr. Blackwell? No, th this is, is Kim Vo. Oh. See? He used to be an Asian, but he isn't anymore. Oh, that's creepy. Now he's, he's oh, one of the Hanson brothers now. Yeah. And not the hockey kind. <gasps> he oh, was he born in Vietnam. Crazy. You know who he looks like, Tim, when I was watching it the whole time? He looks like the Johnny guy. Johnny Resnick. No, he looks like the puppet guy from uh, Team America. Oh, totally. The actor. Gary? He, he, he looks does, like Gary. He looks like a puppet. Weird. That moves. He without used to strings. be Asian? He's a puppet without <laughs> strings. Yes, he's born in Vietnam. He used to be Asian. Now he's a puppet made of skin. I couldn't figure out what was his going on with his Kim face. All right. Well, it, it's not his... I guess he just had a new face put on. This whole thing is freaking me out. I literally... But this morning, I literally had nothing to wear. I had one shirt left in reserve mm -hmm. that I don't ever wear because it's like a... It's not a Hawaiian shirt, but it's like a... It's like a like a bowling shirt, but it's very it's sort of like a Caribbean kind of thing. It's like sort of uh, what do you call it? Like unbleached fabric or whatever that's called. Uh, and it's got a pineapple on it. It's got a pineapple on the boob. And I almost wore that. And even that, it's like one of the buttons was missing. So I just had to wear a T-shirt. All right, I must go back to the newsroom. Tim's gonna go prepare news in a moment. We'll welcome Timmy Ryan and Kristen Bowie. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help ye? Uh, sir, I'd uh, just like to plug the Morgan Grace show tonight at Ash Street Saloon. Morgan Grace, what time, sir? She's great. Uh, nine, nine thirty-ish. Nine, nine thirty. Uh, Morgan Grace, uh, we're big fans of hers. Mm -hmm. Uh, tonight, Ash Street Saloon, Morgan Grace. Well done, sir. Yes, sir. And a uh, tip for you, sir. Please. I'm sorry. I, I have a tip for you. Yes. Uh, the secret, Rick, to doing a good Morgan Freeman is to take Teddy Kennedy. And pretend he has a soul. <laughs> that's and very good. over his voice. That's very good. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thank Best you. Ever. All right. Thank you, uh, Richie Bristol. Can we welcome? Uh, can we welcome Timmy Ryan and Kristen Bowie into the uh, into the studio? Uh, that'll be fantastic. And by fantastic, I mean something I'm required to do. So, Rick, I got these emails from these people describing Cord and Fat Boy's show. Yes. And they were saying that a drunken, red-headed CBS employee, everyone assumes I have red hair. I have bright blonde hair. You do not have red hair. No, and it's like a drunken, and, and then Byron was saying that I was saying I was a celebrity. And I don't have business cards. So that, it, that in no way is me. What, what, was he, what was Byron saying? Okay, it happened on Tuesday. A taxi driver called in and said that a drunk, red-headed CBS employee had given him a card as she got out of the cab. They deduced he was talking about you because it was an attractive, red-headed, indie-looking girl. Byron said something about you getting drunk and pretending like you're some sort of celebrity when you're getting out of the cab. And then court repeated, writing a bunch of mean stuff about you for the roast that um, they were told they'd better not use. Well, then first of all, well, we should say that we love Byron. Yes. And Court and Fatboy. Yes. Fans of all those guys. And Byron... 
Part of Byron's charm is that he is a little snippy. Just, just a tad. Just a little. Um, Especially if you don't have a penis. Oh, I mean, if you, I thought you meant like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Serious, I was going to say. Well, that certainly seeds for bitterness. Uh, Byron can be a little catty, but that's why we love him. Uh, so who knows? Maybe he was just winding you up, as they say. But you don't do that. I mean, to be no. fair, you don't. Can I say for the record? Uh, not that you need me to defend you, but for the record, you have never, ever, 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 to my knowledge, and I would stake that you have never done the. Do you know who I am? No. Because who does God, that? No. Because that's a who douche. Because that's a douche move. You should see my paycheck. <laughs> Seriously, and we try never to be because we've all worked with guys like that. No, yeah. Uh, we, we don't. We don't do. I the, don't think that was. And you don't even have business cards. I don't have business cards nor red hair. I can think of another. So I there is. I shouldn't even go down this road because I don't know. Maybe he was just making the whole thing. I was going to say there's this. Well, she doesn't have red hair. I think maybe. Okay. We're both thinking of the same person. Yeah. She doesn't have red hair. She does have many of the other attributes described <laughs> in that story. Yeah, I think that was the part that bugged me the most. I would never say, like, I'm a celebrity. That's just Seriously. Cre- that creeps me out. I was going to say, the only other there. person I know with red hair at CBS who blah, 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 isn't in an on-air position. And even if they were inclined to do this, which they wouldn't, they're not. You know, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. So, yeah, sir, so I, whatever, you I'm know, gonna, we're going to move on. Go. We're going to be bigger. We're not going to we're not going to dwell. We yeah, we try very hard to get along with everybody. Seriously, think. just uh, hey, Richie, do we have uh, Richie, I do, we, Kristen out there. do we have to me and Kristen? Yeah, All right. Can, can we they, can they come in, please? OK, I have no idea. Apparently he was bringing the speech written for two and then he was bringing some music as well. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show. So, uh, we'll just have mics three and four over here. All right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from, uh, from any number of radio stations, including this one, uh, and uh, the host of uh, Musicology, an upcoming live and local show about the discussion of music and its culture, uh, debuting this Sunday, 7 to 9 p.m., right here on AM 970. Kristen Bowie and the healthiest man we know. In the universe. In the, the universe. Timmy Ryan, hello. In the universe, really? Yeah. You're the healthiest person any of us has ever met. I have your statements, too, which you uh, you have to read as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm very excited. Can we, All right. can we please see <laughs> Well, hold on. No, no. You're, you're not going to get to see them until uh, and, until uh, we, we actually start it. He's been really protective of them. Yeah. I'm, I, I, don't want anybody seen, I don't want anybody seeing them until uh, they actually read them, and yeah, they're all clean. Yeah, come on. Use some of that power, Rick. They're all clean, but <laughs> here's the thing. I was thinking, should I take the high road here? And then I, I, and I thought some more, and I said, no, I don't want to take the high road, because if I were to have lost, if I were to have lost, if I were to have not accomplished the feat, you guys would have made of me. Of being the healthiest person alive. Right. I would have gotten this long, scathing thing I would have had to read, like verbatim. That's not true. Oh, of course it is. I guarantee you it's it is. a little true. <laughs> it is a little true. <laughs> so, you know. This isn't as bad as, you know, the document you would have made me read. Are you wearing a shirt that says, who's your daddy? Yeah, it's a really? zombie t-shirt. Yeah, and he's wearing Sex Panther. It's, oh, a, it's a zombie. I smell you from over Actual here. Sex Panther? Did yes. you just put that on? Yeah. yeah. Why? Okay, well, that makes it okay, actually. If you put it on just to come in the studio, that's kind of funny. No, this is my zombie t-shirt. What's your name? Right. Who's your daddy? Oh, the, the actual yeah, zombies. Yeah, the zombies. Rod Argent. I saw the Wonder Ballroom right. the other night, yeah. All right. All right, well, let's get to the reading. Shall we? So this is because, just for those who came in late, as they used to say in the Phantom, uh, so we have this bet with Timmy Ryan. Oh, speaking of which, did you hear from Irish? I have heard from Myra. She's been working a lot. Is he going to cough yeah. up that Jamison's? <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. It's just, it just kind of has to happen when he's not working because I said, just to be fair, since he's my friend, I'll drink it with him. All right. So the deal was... It'll be a drunken time. The deal was that you have been talking about how you run like a billion miles a morning. Yep. And we said that that wasn't true. 
And so the bet was that you could not run 16 miles in less than two hours and 45 minutes. And, and I did you... it in 220. All right. Yes. 220. How long did it take, Rick? Are you just going to get 220? Like, in... are you going to get that tattooed on your arm? 220. I'm going to get that oh, across so my ass. Good. And then a teardrop on my ass. That's no. great. No. No. Uh, and so the deal was that the winner would get to write a concession speech for the loser or losers uh, to read here on the air. So. And I have one. Okay. So here's yours, and I have, now I have this, your part. Now, is this A? Now, hold this. Is this one statement for two voices? Correct. All right. I thought, this is clean for the air? Completely clean. Non-slanderous? Non-slanderous whatsoever. All right. There's no slandering at all. All right. Let's... Uh, and do we, here, here's do the we deal. have music? Do I have to play something? Just play Chariots of Fire. That'll work just fine. I hate you. All right. <laughs> so here you go. And you have to read the, these verbatim, correct? They are clean. Well, within within standards of the show, yes. Totally standards of the show. I'm not going to get on and say that I, you know... I can't even say what I was about to say. So, uh, I, All right, so hold on. I trust, I trust you to know what's no, appropriate no, I, to I me, Ryan. I know the standards of the FCC. All right. I, I, I only make them mad once in a while. All right. Who starts? Actually, well, I have S and I have R and S, so you, you would be R. So, bastard. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? Okay, so what are you doing here, Rick and Sarah? What's going on? We are apologizing and We're retracting. Profusely. Because you're the healthiest person we know. And, and not just at CBS Radio. And ever. Who's ever lived. Ever. And I want you to read this with enthusiasm and a little bit of pizzazz. Okay. Okay, get into it. All right, we will. All right. Here we go. I'm going to enjoy this. <sighs> Cherry to fire? Cherry to fire, baby. All right. What? Did you give a little guy? I did. They seem to be Portland. Okay. All right. Let me just take a moment here. Let me center myself. <clears throat> this feels so sweet. <laughs> this feels so sweet. All right. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Rick Emerson, and I was wrong. Timmy Ryan was right. And I'm Sarah Dillon, and I was wrong. Timmy Ryan was right. In short, we were fools to not believe Timmy Ryan. I feel ashamed and humiliated. Timmy Ryan proved not just Sarah and myself wrong, but all of those in the listening audience who doubted him as well. Anyone who did not believe that Timmy Ryan could run 16 miles in under 2 hours 45 minutes must now hang their head in shame, as I am doing now. Timmy Ryan should be considered a source of power, strength, courage, substance and integrity and Timmy was right <laughs> the dark night was mediocre at best Sarah and I apologize for doubting you and retract all previous and disparaging remarks Timmy Ryan is the healthiest person at CBS Radio Portland yes Rick Timmy Ryan is the healthiest person at CBS Radio Portland I feel like such a fool there you go. Are you happy? Bastard. I am very, very happy. Are Thank you? you very much. Yeah, you know, uh, popculturezoo.com <laughs> is part of that, too, because, you know, of course, they got Pop Culture Zoo has that banner. And, and be listening for that statement later on uh, myspace.com slash Tim Ryan Radio. That's going to be my profile. I couldn't even get out the dark night was mediocre. I'm like, mediocre. Your mouth didn't even want to form the words. I couldn't even make that sentence. I'll do a little bit of editing with Cool Edit Pro to make that sound, you know, seamless. Make it sound flawless. Mediocre. There you go. You can put that in. For the love of God. All right. uh, So let's transition into something uh, less horrible. Uh, So coming up this Sunday, uh, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., debuting this coming Sunday right here on AM 970, Musicology, hosted by Timmy Ryan, Kristen Bowie, with contributions from our friend James and uh, Adam from the Pimp Squad. Yep. Take it away, Pimp. 
Well, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a music discussion show like you've never heard. You know, we wanted to be kind of the anti-typical show where it's like, you're listening to Fresh Air, and this week we're going to have David Johnson, who is going to talk about his acoustic selections of songs dedicated to the that autumn winters so in crazy. Maine. You know, or so, something like that. And it just, it just sounds like he'd be talking to you in a van, speaking to a group of small children. If you tell, no one will believe exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, it, we're going to have uh, we're going to have in studio guests. We're going to have um, people, you know, via telephone. Uh, and it's going to be a bunch of discussion about music. It's basically going to be a political talk show, except in the music sense. Excellent. That's a good description, Bob. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys are going to flog me, you know, relentlessly for this, but. Uh, I can tell you who our first two guests are going to be. All right. Hal Blaine. Now, Hal wait, now, as of, as of that, this coming Sunday? Yes. yes. All yes. right. And the reason why, I have Hal Blaine. He's going to be on, and I'm going to have Dickie on, Dick Dale. And the reason why, I was going to have him later on, but we had some scheduling conflicts with some other guests. Um... So Dick's going to be online. Well, I will, you know, I will say, no, we, you know, this man, you know what, we give you, we give you a little grief for for being a name dropper with Dick Dale. But hell, not a name know, dropper. I was his goddamn road manager just, and tour manager for yeah, how long? So yeah. there you go. I didn't <laughs> just hang out with the guy. I'm just saying. I love it when you know someone's like soft spot. I'm just making the point. No, because it's it, everyone claims like, oh, Timmy just hung around. Timmy, if you didn't react, we'd stop messing. with I was employed by Dicky. It was a hard job. The only observation I was going to make, you bastard, is that. Uh, no, if I had toured with Dick Dale, I'd mention it all the time too. I mean, seriously, how many really? Uh, how many billions of times uh, have I been like, well, when we had Peter Chris on the show, I told him that you know, I mean, I, I'm like the worst. When I met Aaron Sorkin, I mean, I'm, I'm like the absolute worst. So, so that's very cool. And Hal Blaine, if people don't know who Hal Blaine is, Hal Blaine was fill in my blanks here, but he was a, a drummer for a legendary studio band called the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew, and goddamn it, they played. You could basically take any song that was a hit in the 1960s. You know, put it up on a wall somewhere, throw a dart from like a mile away, and you're going to hit a song that like, you know, Hal Blaine played on. Lots Usually of Phil Spector songs. Huge names. The Beach him. Boys. Every, Elvis. God, everything from like, you know, Frank Sinatra to yeah. Elvis to the Beach Boys to you, you name it. That I think he, he, somebody said he played on a Beatles track. I don't know. He might have. It's possible. He, he, I mean, worked I, with, he worked with uh, the Beatles individually. Yeah, Hal Blaine is a, the phenomenal drummer. And he's one of those guys. He's like those standing in the shadows of Motown guys. Where yeah. it's like you, even if you don't know his name, you've heard him drumming on a billion songs. Right. And, so. you know, that's the thing. It's kind of like it's a, it's a show about the discussion of music, but it's also kind of for the musicians out there, too. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And also, if you're a band, we're going to have a segment on there called Pimp Your Band where we're going to let you call up. And promote, you know, your band and where the next show is going to be and such, too. So, All right, Kristen Bowie? Oh, we definitely. We want to be friendly to the locals as well as bringing some of the stuff that's not as nearly recognized nationally to the light. We want to educate Timmy on a little bit of the yes. stuff that's, you, you can't educate that's been a though. hit since 91. I mean... Seriously? Well, Tim, in Tim, in Timmy's head, it always is about 1969. Yes, so, yes, yes. you know, I will, I will vouch for that. And, I mean, and so we're going to do a little bit of a re-education program, if you will, <laughs> to kind of show him that there has been good music since 91. That doesn't include Nirvana. Or... Are you going to pull a clockwork orange on me? Is that what you're saying? Yes, we're going to strap yeah. you into the chair and make you listen to... Oh, uh... we have a MySpace. I don't know if you know that. I was busy oh, on, working on it last me. night. Yeah. It's uh, myspace.com slash... Musicology Radio. All right, so there you go. So that uh, debuts this coming Sunday night, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Musicology uh, with Timmy Ryan and Kristen Bowie. Uh, MySpace.com slash Musicology Radio. Hosted by Kristen Bowie and the healthiest person in the history of people, Timmy Ryan. You guys. But most, most importantly, it's CBS Radio. Yeah, most importantly, it's CBS Radio. <laughs> Everyone's you been coming up to you. You have a little bit more color. 
You know, you, you look, you, you know, look that's a little healthier, day. Tim Riley. Or Tim Riley, Timmy Ryan. Paddock came up to me the other day, and he's like, he was looking at the video. He was like, dude, you actually have color in the video. What happened? Am, am, I, that, am I that white? Yes. Yes. Really? So you're that gives the illusion that you're not very You healthy. look like a vegan zombie. Really? Yeah, there's really no getting around Like, I glow in the dark, and you're whiter than me. Really? It's, I'm on a strict vegan diet, but yet I can run 16 miles in under oh. two hours, 45 minutes. That's yes, you can, because you're the healthiest person we know. Get out. You guys invented this monster. <laughs> All right, there you go. Let Timmy Ryan, Kristen Bowie, I'll play us in the break here. Okay. Uh, don't forget, coming up tonight at the Ash Street Saloon, uh, about 9 p.m., our good friend Morgan Grace. We'll go ahead and play a little bit of that. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Back after this, more from Tim Riley. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. High Concept Thursday. We'll do that here in just a few. Uh, let's see. What else? Like is coming up at 3. 
Oh, hey, so uh, did you see the Leica store today? I guess yes, it's I mean, national news. National news. I guess, now see, I missed his show yesterday because I was out. Uh, but did, did it also, did he talk about it yesterday? I didn't hear it yesterday. So they, 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 well, they haven't arrested her yet, but apparently they've revealed the name of that woman who called. They, they, the cops are basically, there's a suspect now and the woman who called up and confessed to killing that guy. Do you remember that That's whole thing? So, of course yeah. I do. Yeah, that yeah. was because it was here or yeah. when he had his party here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I don't want to mangle the story. I'm sure he'll talk about it again. I missed his show yesterday. Apparently, discussed it yesterday. But when Lycus was here in Portland, we had him on our show. He was at Barracuda. Uh, we were there. Uh, he was doing his show live from Portland, and a woman called up and confessed to murder. And he turned it over to the cops. And um, and uh, it, it, that's been about a year and a half ago. But apparently now. Uh, they, they, I, I want to make sure I get this right. They haven't issued a, a, war, a warrant for his arrest or for her arrest, but apparently a newspaper, no, the cops are looking at a woman right now and they're about to, I guess, file charges or something. And the newspaper said, this is who it is. Like we found her name. I, I'm kind of getting it wrong. I'm sure he'll talk about it today. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So that's coming out today at three o'clock. Like us uh, today at three, like us one one at five. Don't forget tonight at Powell's books at Cedar Hills Crossing at 5 PM. And that is tonight. Powell's book, Cedar Hills Crossing. At 5 p.m., 3415 Southwest Cedar Hills Boulevard. Uh, free tickets uh, to see Star Wars The Clone Wars, which premieres Monday in Portland, uh, Bridgeport 18th, 7 p.m. Uh, a brand-new 90-minute animated Star Wars adventure uh, sponsored by AM 970. We're doing the premiere, but you, there's no purchase necessary, but when the tickets are gone, they're gone. So that's tonight, 5 o'clock tonight at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. Just look for the street team, walk in, get your tickets, you're good. Uh, so that's, and don't forget, uh, finally, uh, one final thing. You can stop, and people have already started doing it. Apparently, stop by, uh, the radio station, which is 2040 Southwest First. Our studios are at 2040 Southwest First. Uh, you stop by, you pick up your 888 sign, laminate, whatever. We got them in various sizes. Uh, so you can spread the word about the, uh, Emerson address happening tomorrow at 2 p.m. Uh, so all day today, all day tomorrow till 2 o'clock, you can stop by the station at 2040 Southwest First and pick up your 888 laminate and poster to spread the word. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Da. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Fire crews across the Pacific Northwest on standby as a major lightning storm goes through the area. Northwest Interagency Coordination Center spokesman Jerry Mills says Northern Oregon has already seen a ton of lightning strikes. They had 2,076 strikes as of 8 o'clock this morning. This is a man or a woman? We've had very active lightning. It's kind of coming up. It's staying in central Oregon, and it's working its way right up into the eastern part of Washington. There already been a hundred lightning strikes so far in Washington. Not a classy girl. The lightning in Washington has just started today. Um, so far, we've had a report of about five fires up on the Colville Indian Reservation. However, we don't believe those were lightning. The cause is under investigation. I like myself a pack of American spirit. All right. Highway of tomorrow. Governor Kulingowski unveiled the nation's first section of solar highway. This is the intersection of the I-5 and the I-205 in Tualatin. The governor said, quote, before the year is over, this ground will hold the nation's first solar highway project. Oregon will make history using the power of the sun. What is a solar highway? It's, that makes no That doesn't. What does it do? In my head. Well, they're going to put up these solar panels. And they're going to collect light from the sun. Then they're going to give the energy back to PGE, who in turn will give back an equal amount of power at night to light the interchange. They'll give it back. Give it back. For free. For free. Nobody's making any money on this. It doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, solar power is expected to provide about 
28% of the electricity needed to light the interchange annually. This seems like a big waste. Yeah, uh, you know, either... So who gave PGE the right to take the power of the sun? Yeah, the sun belongs to us all, Tim. I don't think the sun is just the property of one company, do you? Well, apparently it belongs to PGE. <laughs> I called dibs on the sun. Uh, that's like somebody said, uh, I read somewhere that you, that you need the, uh, there's somebody, guy who's trying to put his own satellite into orbit, and the government got all, got all over him like a cheap suit because they said that you need the government's permission to put a satellite into orbit. Because, like, the U.S. government claims they own the space, like, sky or the sky or something. Hmm. So, uh, there was another guy who was trying to sell property on the moon, and the U.S. government came knocking at his door, too, because the government claims they own all the, they own the moon. It really, I mean, it's just insane. No one. But, I mean, that is a quintessentially, that, that's a very American government thing to do. No, the moon, it's us. We, it's us. It belongs to us. You know? So, all right. Well, it says here the world's airlines are offering nearly 60 million fewer seats in the fourth quarter of 2008 than they did last year. So, so does that mean they take out these 60 million seats and give us more leg room? I don't believe so. I think that means just fewer planes, maybe. Is that the deal? Apparently, uh, U.S. carriers are hardest hit and will lose 20 million seats, bringing them to the lowest levels since 9 So, really, the way to solve that is to charge me for a pillow and water. That's really going to get me back on the airlines. Mm -hmm. Jesus. But the thing is, every every time they say things are going down the drain, I get another email from Expedia saying, we've cut prices 50%. <laughs> Where are all these shortages? They give the same sales as they always do. Yes, they do, Tim. Well, that's it for now. Before you go, next? let's take a call about Don Pardo. All right. I know you want to be part of that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Uh, best show ever, by the way. Thank you, sir. Uh, hey, uh, the other day you were talking about Don Pardo and mm -hmm. how his voice has not changed over the, what, 75,000 years he's been alive. Yes. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but when Don Pardo is not feeling well, they actually have Daryl Hammond imitate Don Pardo at the start of the show. Really? Is that true? Yeah. Interesting. Does he, I, would, does it, I would make that up. Is it noticeable? I mean, can you can you tell it's not Don Pardo? Only, I guess, if you're listening for a slightly more spry-sounding Don Pardo. Don Pardo, wait, he's, I don't even know he how old he is. He was born in 1918. He's 80? Yeah. No, he's 90? Yeah. Wait, Lord. wait. Yeah, that's 90. There's no way. He was born in Westfield, Massachusetts. Well, you know, I don't think he was a particularly young guy when Saturday Night Live started. He always did sound old, you're right. But, I mean, that's uh, that's just unbelievable that he's 90 years of age and still doing that Ladies and gentlemen, Seth Green. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's still he still sells it, man. Yeah, 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 of course, except for when he can't, and then they yeah. call him the back. I mean, I guess he really only has to talk for like sixty seconds a week, but I mean, still. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right, there you go. Okay, I don't know if we have time to do High Concept Thursday. What do we have time for? I don't know, Sarah. We might have time for that. We have time to play WOLD. <laughs> Why are you so agitating to play WOLD? It's just depressing, especially now at the end of the show. I don't know. You know, I'll just go home and listen to it by myself today. No. I was going to say, I was going to spot on you the play, top you know, of my head that's just, begging for a new toupee. You play WOLD as the last thing on the show, and that's the day they fire us. You know it's true. That's how the human psyche works. <laughs> WOLD, back tomorrow, and then we get off the air, and there's like a box in the hallway. Uh, well, let's see. We could I do like it's too late for my Boise, Idaho. All right, we could do... Uh, well, let's see. Here's what. Here's it's just not that first idea that you. Have. <laughs> here's your choices. Here's your choices. We could do high concept Thursday. Now, keep in mind, we could also do this tomorrow. Uh, we have high concept Thursday. Uh, we have sound clip inventory. Ooh. Uh, more Paul Stanley sound, or the worst song ever. 
I kind of like sound clip inventory. Me too. All right. Let's yeah. do it. Tim, are you staying or going? I have to go back to the newsroom in just a couple of moments. Of course, because you've got to be here to prepare news for your live broadcast uh, throughout the afternoon. Yes. All right. Uh, well, let us know uh, when you're about to leave so we can uh, applaud you. Oh, I'll just get up. See, sometimes we want to applaud you and it's like you're already gone. But we always get the applause. I don't do this job for the applause. He does it for the people, Rick. Of course. I'm sorry. What was I thinking? There's no applause in this business. No. No, there, no, there isn't. Uh, let's see here. All right. So we are just going through uh, the... I now have... Let's see. I think we're down to 506 sound bites here. Some of them I know what they are. Some of them I, I just... You know, some of them I have no idea why, why they even... Do the thing with all... No, I'm not going to... That's from... I think there's profanity in that, but that's, um, that's Aliens... Where Lance Hendrickson, his bishop, is doing the thing with the knife. You should keep lots of things profanity-ridden. The thing is, I didn't even put that in there. I didn't, you know what it is? I bet that's a Scotty J thing. Because I bet he thought it would be a good opening speech. Let's not throw out the profanity. But it doesn't really work, because it's just the sound of a guy going da 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 with a knife. It's just pointless. Let's see here. Okay, we're just going to go through these. Okay, man, it was better than last week, just okay. American Idol? It's American Idol. I think this is that American Idol clip when Paula criticizes a song that the guy hadn't even performed. Oh, okay, yeah, we don't need we that. We can get rid of that. I almost, we don't need anything from American Idol. No. It'll be around forever. <sighs> Let's see here. Um, okay, next up. Interview Eric yeah. Gotta keep this. Who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. That's so wonderful. Uh, let's see. <laughs> we don't need applause. No. Is that it? All right. That's it. That's all it is. Arizona, Arizona. Call Scotty J all the time. That was for like any time we had a call from Phoenix. I'm deleting that. Yeah, we don't really need that. All right, we're just going to. Happy birthday, Scotty J, regardless. Happy birthday. They say, hey, he won in Iowa. It's got to be our. Is this Joe Biden or Chris Dodd? I think it's Chris Dodd. This is the same. I think it was either Joe. I think it's Chris Dodd talking about this is that thing he said about Obama being uh, like articulate. Right. He passed muster in arguably the whitest state in the country or one of them. He's he's also, uh, as as Donna suggested, he's he's a nice guy. He's articulate. He's pleasant. He's smart on the issues. He knows what he's talking. Well, it's amusing, but it's probably outlived. It's Mm. it's welcome. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have? Oh, hey, we're going to keep this around. Commercial bed. Is that I an have AV? It in the system. Yeah. Okay, I'll delete that. Uh, let's see. Oh, God. This is that horrible song by that, the whore, the, no, the, the Spitzer hooker. Oh. That's that song by Ashley Dupree. Boy, I'm glad she went away. Spitzer Whoa. hooker. She didn't Spitzer. last very long. No. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if you like Barack Obama, we got to keep that. Let's see. This is a nine-minute loop of the Joker theme. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, and it's kind of a bad copy anyway. That's from the soundtrack leaked. Uh, let's see. All uh, right, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, we, we've already done this one. This is the Britney thing. Let's see. Uh, all right, where, where did I go? Let's see. Do you have that over there? There we go. Right. So I, can get rid of that. I can get rid of that. We don't need that. Uh, let's see. He doesn't want you to leave, Tim. Tim Riley, Come ladies back. and gentlemen. <laughs> Greatest newsman in the history of the world back at 4, 5, 6, and 7. What is this? This is the end of Cloverfield. All right, we don't need that. I can get rid of that. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Oh, we got to keep that. Yes. And if you see a crack somewhere, take a hawk with you and try to seal that seal that crack up. Got to keep yeah. that. They say employees should not drop their pants behind the counter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is for. They say employees should not drop their pants behind the counter. Why would I? What is that even for? He called hanging a moon out the drive-through window disgusting, and planned to dig into it. <laughs> <laughs> I have. That's oh. obviously a news story, but I don't know about what or from where. Welcome back to Here and Now, everyone. Well, if you've ever wondered what goes on behind the drive-through window, then check this out. Here and Now has some startling video from one of the city's fast food joints. Now it starts this is with the full story. It must when be. There's no customers okay. around. But as you'll see, it doesn't end there. All right, we can get we can get rid of that. I think we've got I think we've got the the, the good stuff there. Which is he called hanging a moon out the drive-through window. Disgusting, and plan to dig into it. That's so great. Scotty J. You gotta save that. Gotta save it. Let's gotta see which it. version is this. David Cassidy. I don't know what else to say except you're not going to amount to jack squat. up, Scotty. End of message. That's awesome. Yeah. You gotta save it. Okay, we'll keep that. Good day and welcome to day twelve. Gotta keep that because yeah. if people ask about it, what is this? Why do I own this? What is this? Is this a deaf guy singing White Snake? Sounds very much like a deaf guy singing. You tell me. I think we can let it go. Uh, all right. It, it pains me, but I'm deleting it. Uh, let's see. <laughs> gotta keep that. Yeah. It's a classic. Uh, let's see. The Dexter theme we gotta keep. Did you want to ask your that? destiny? What's that? Because I only have David, so do you want me to... Do you want to keep going with this? Or do you want to... Yes. Oh, no, no, no. We'll just... Uh, well, let's... Let, let's. We should break. Okay. So let's take care of yours. Do we need to break now? Yeah. All right. Let me do like two more. You will never win. All right, there's that, and let's see, uh, one more here. Oh, we can do, we have time for a few more. All right, so that's the Dice of Destiny. This is the winning sound, I think. Fatality. Outstanding. All right, uh, let's see. I'm not taking a chance on some mother I don't care if she's a Mexican. Oh, we can get rid of that. That's yeah. the dog, the bounty hunter thing. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Oh man. Oh man. Oh, it's right there. Oh, it's right there. Oh god. It's a fat boy. <laughs> oh, this is gonna hurt. Oh god. Oh, 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 um. Oh, god. Oh god. <laughs> okay, we have to break. I gotta go scrub that away. We'll keep that one. That's a keeper. Come back after this. A uh, few phone calls to wrap it up around the corner. Like us at three. Like us one on one at five. Michael Maris show at seven. For the love of Jesus. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Here's Cinderella. Don't go anywhere. Uh, all right, then. All right, so. I totally agree with you. 
about the voice thing. Oh, yeah. No, it's... It, we were just talking in the break about... There's this flurry of stories in the last week about what's up with Batman's voice. And, like, CNN did a whole thing, like the New York Times. And if that's the only thing people can latch on to in a two-and-a-half-hour you know, two movie, then they're obviously doing something right. Weeks after the fact. Like, that's all they can find. I don't like the voice. And the voice is a little grabbing, you know, whatever. It's, it's a, but here's, you know what my thing about it is? They say, well, the Batman's voice is sort of intimidating or, you know, sort of irritating because he talks like this. But my thing is, A, he has an accent, so he's working past that. B, he obviously doesn't want to sound like Bruce Wayne. And C, he's supposed to be intimidating. That's the thing about Batman. He's trying to be his whole thing, his look, the it costume. like a little boy dressed up in a costume, like, trying to be like... Because he's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about Bruce Wayne slash Batman. He's crazy. It has serious mental issues, I think everybody would agree, and he's trying to be intimidating. So that's I, the voice to me is fascinating because it's like, I mean, I know it's a fictional character and all, but it's like a little window into his psychology. And also, you know, uh, I would much prefer to that to the whole, like, Clark, he puts on glasses and nobody knows he's Superman. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd rather have him do you a full what, makeover. What always bothers me about Batman, and I know it's a small thing, but in every movie, is the black eye makeup. Yeah, you know, I'm just like, you know how there's black eye makeup between the holes? No, the I never eyes? noticed that. No, it bothers me every time. It's like, so do you take time to smear black eye makeup all around <laughs> your eyes and then put on your mask? Before he fights crime. But you can't, because every, every single time, every mask, there's always black rim. I eyes. never noticed now that. Now you'll notice it forever. Oh, great. It's, like, it's bug there's just the, seat, um, just the suit hanging in the thing. I'm like, where's your kit of black eye makeup there, buddy? All right, now I'm going to notice it. Do we have time for a call? Yeah. Final call of the day. Please don't suck. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How can I, I help you? I was wondering, during the news report Tim was doing about the forest fires, yes. did he say that was Jerry Mills reporting? I wasn't really listening. I was curious. I heard, I, the voice sounded, it sounded like it was my sister. I was just oh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't really remember. I mean, I remember the, the uh, news. Does she have a I'm, very like, low voice? Does she talk yeah. like this? Could be her. Probably. Does she sound <laughs> like she's between packs of smokes? Yeah, she's old. Could be her. <laughs> All right. Sorry I wasn't able to answer your question more fully. All right. All right, well, there you go. All right, thank you. Yeah, I retain almost nothing. Hey, Rick, good luck on your speech tonight. Thanks so much. <laughs> Bastards. Uh, we want to thank Cena Radio correspondents uh, Bob Costin, Timmy Steve Kastenbaum, Timmy Ryan, and Kristen Bowie. Uh, Rick Emerson show tomorrow. Emerson. Uh, Emerson. Uh, the Emerson address tomorrow, 2 p.m. And uh, so forth, plus Aaron Duran, etc. Uh, you know the closing credits. Do it yourself, kids. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow at 10 uh, for the recap, 11 for the show. Like us next. See you all then. Watch out for snakes. Bye. I want my Uncle Charlie sausage. Bye.